0: Welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. And this week we're taking a look at Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained, released in 2012, entering on January 2nd, 2013, at number 37, now at number 61. His Southern, looking at the, uh, following a freed slave, embarking on a quest to rescue his wife. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, yes. Is, that is a plot. That, is, cr-
1: that is correct. We that, both watched the same movie. We did yes. indeed. It's always... I, it's can, only... I can conclude. <laughs> I, I can
0: confirm that... Um, we did, in fact, watch yeah. the same movie while sitting in the same room staring at the same screen. <laughs> now, I... This is an interesting... Is this a movie you watched? Yes, to Sir. be sure. We do a little check before we start recording. No, I mean... Um, can you point to the movie you watched? Yes, if you can identify it yeah. uh, on screen. Because, yeah, Django is a, is a fascinating film, but I... While watching it with you, I came to realize you hadn't seen this before. Possibly, no,
1: no, I had, I, I hadn't. Um, so I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd never seen it before,
0: which is fascinating because this is one of those rare movies—not rare movies, but you know, movies where the first time you watch it is watching the movie becomes inseparable from the first time that you watched it and it's not like the first time I watched it was a particularly special occurrence I didn't like go to a special cinema or see it abroad or something like that I saw it the same way that I would see most movies I went to the cinema there was a you know it was a party going on it was um before Christmas which is when this was released Christmas 2012 and there was just a screening of it and I remember watching it and it making a huge impression on me as I watched it it was very I hadn't seen anything like this before this would have been 2012 you know, a couple of years after I'd started writing the blog and it was just, it was a splash of, of cold water because I I would possibly argue that Django is one of the most influential movies of the movies that we've covered so far in the 250. It's a movie that has significant pop culture import. It's a movie, i particularly watching it now, you know, five years after it was released, six years after it was released. It's strange to go back and to watch it and to see how it was so strange and startling to me when i watched it in 2012 and now to go back and to see how it's reshaped a lot of pop culture in its own image it's got a huge footprint what was i I'm, like I'm interested
1: i am I'm I'm, I'm I'm curious about um, i guess to know what, what 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 that means for 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 me watching it i liked it a lot but i I've, i felt like um, inglorious bastards kind of came a little before this this felt kind of similar in ways to Inglorious oh, yes, bastards a- in, in, in in the But in terms of the um, the I know, I know it's a, a southern yeah but it, but it, but that kind of um, Western um, quality to it and of course inglorious mm-hmm. bastards is a World War Two Western yeah, pretty yeah. much.
0: Right down it, to the scalping and, and sort of the Native American or you know sort of exactly a character who is who's has Native American heritage.
1: So this 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 movie this, this movie reminded me of it, and um, a lot of the uh, kind of choices made in this movie kind of reminded me as well of Inglorious Bastards. Like I'm I'm talking about in terms of the look of it in certain ways. I'm talking in 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 terms of well they feeling the, very much
0: like a throwback genre yeah, 70s piece and stuff
1: the way, they, the 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 sound of the movie as well yeah, the 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 the, yeah. the 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 music cuz it, it's um what what do you call it extra diegetic yeah it's got <laughs> that sort of it's, juxtaposition it's, yeah, of
0: Modern or or more modern music that Ac- suits the period. Anachronistic. Yeah, that would be it. Anachronistic. Yeah. Anachronistic. Sorry, oh. I beg your pardon. That's me trying to use big words. <laughs> don't don't worry. I also use big words and I mispronunciate them. It's fine. It happens all the time. But yeah, it, it, I think Flock of,
1: between the hill of pillification.
0: I think you're right though when you say it's it's very much a follow on from um Inglorious Bastards, and it's in some ways a bridge between. Inglorious Bastards and The Hateful Eight. And if I were ranking my personal favourite Quentin Tarantino films, it would be somewhere towards the middle. But I also feel like Django cast like a huge shadow. And I mean just culturally in terms of the impact that it had the impression that it made so i mean it made 400 million dollars worldwide on a budget of 100 million which is impressive for a movie that is so well first of all so long it's nearly three hours long which means that it's very hard to sell it's orated rated uh, which means that kids can't go see it if you're releasing it at christmas which they did And, you know, also, it's incredibly violent, graphic, disturbing, and disorienting. It's not a movie that you can go and see or recommend that your parents go see. Like, this is a very specific target audience. You want to be careful who you're recommending go see this to. But at the same time, it was able to make $400 million worldwide, which is a lot of money for a christmas release that is a quentin tarantino film that's three hours long about slavery and
1: quentin Quentin tarantino it's an it's an interesting one because he's kind of like a cult director that everybody sees his movies yeah like it's 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 a strange one because it was kind of like 94 95 with 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 um pulp fiction and everyone was like oh have you seen this movie pulp fiction but then it it it, like gets to the point where it's no longer have you seen this thing pulp fiction
0: how have you not seen this how have you not how did you miss a quentin tarantino movie released in 2012 andrew no i mean that's a serious question how did i rhetorical i'm actually kind of like um would you be a quentin tarantino fan um just because it it does yeah like i i i i won't
1: um I will watch movies if I kind of have the opportunity to, but I, I, I don't I don't have any I don't have any compulsion around movies All right like if there's a movie out and I think I'll in, in, enjoy it and I can think of somebody that Would like also a, who, who I'd also enjoy it with there's a chance that I might kind of um, end up seeing that movie it's 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 more likely though that 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 there's a situation where I'm watching a movie and have to decide kind of what movie i'm going to watch yeah and and
0: and then um rather like, than actively seeking it out it's yeah, more choosing yeah, yeah. the options that are available to you so, so.
1: like it, it, it would be um yeah like it's 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 a funny thing because i i guess i i think by 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 average standards, I probably have seen more movies than 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 the average person.
0: Well, also, because you do a podcast about yeah. them, where you watch one or two a week, like.
1: But um, I would say I have I've never had any re- yeah real like compulsion about about. Ab- ab- I have to ab- go out. I have yeah, to see yeah. this movie. I have Even, to buy a ticket yeah, to it. like like I I I would I I'm sure at the time I wanted to go see it but um I, it's just, it, it never got around and it, it was never on exactly. television like there's movies at the moment that i would like to see that i haven't gotten to see like i've, I've I, I got to see phantom tread which i quite like but i i, I haven't seen ladybird i haven't seen uh black panther i have not seen the shape of water there's there's a lot of movies kind of out at the moment that I that I yeah. that I that I would like to see but that I haven't.
0: Yeah, it's very strange because I I'm much more kind of caught up in in movie going and stuff like that to the point where it's surprising. I feel awkward when I drop a movie into conversation and nobody has seen it. And I've had conversations with several people, including several ex girlfriends. Um, and this is not the reason they are exes, where the logic is, uh, you know, don't ask me if I've seen it. Just assume I haven't. You know, don't just start a conversation me- referencing movies that you happen to have seen. Is this the opposite assume- with you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just assume that you have seen it. Yeah. But,
0: but, but for me to say, like, because I'll casually drop into conversation I'll be like, hey, Django, it's great. You guys should go see it in the cinema. And have you not seen it? This is like that thing in that movie. And they're like, nobody saw that movie. I'm like, I saw that movie. But yeah, there's I suppose there's a tendency, because of that, to forget that yeah people don't always rush out to the cinema to see everything, and it's kind of weird to. It just I it, I was a bit surprised that you hadn't seen this. It just sort of because it seemed like a big. A big thing when it was released, and it seemed like a big event almost.
1: Well, let's let's not make it a thing about it. We don't want to break up over it.
0: I know, I know. After all <laughs> this, stuff. so I'll go, I'll fall back to the routine of assuming if I've told about a movie, you haven't seen it. But no, because you you asked about like the cultural footprint of Django, right? And because this is this is the thing, right? I I like Django a lot. I think it's great. It wouldn't be my personal favorite Tarantino film. In fact, I think Inglorious Bastards before it is slightly better, and I think that hateful oh. eight afterwards is um is significantly better now but in terms of like pop cultural influence i think django with the possible exception of pulp fiction is the most influential movie tarantino's made because it's completely changed it's one of the movies that refactored what we think about when we think about westerns because if you look at a lot but of they am i am i not
1: right in saying that there aren't that many westerns
0: since no well there are there there are yeah okay this is one of the things where darren sees a lot more movies than regular people exactly like Like, i can't i can't i don't
1: think i'd be able to name five westerns in in the last six years like i i i would come up with some and then discover that those were more than five years, years ago. ago. Oh, *Tree to Human*. That that was longer ago. That than... was like twelve years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like so. Okay, I'm 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 counting um, *Hell or High Water*, which I haven't seen.
0: And that is yeah, that is a western.
1: Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah. Yeah, There's <laughs> these ones that kind of like um, straddle. A, yeah, like a contemporary <laughs> western. <laughs> Um, But, like, to
0: to pick a a bunch of examples, so, like, say, The Revenant, um, say, Slow West, say, Bone Tomahawk, say, even the, the Hateful Eight that followed on from this. Like, you have this idea in recent Got up years. Up to four. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you can also do stuff like you can talk about the Irish Western Black Forty Seven. You can talk about the American Western, the Lonely Ballad of Thomas. Uh, not the the lonely. Sorry, the Ballad of Lefty Brown, for example. You can talk about Hostiles, which stars uh, Christian Bale, which was released oh, this summer. Oh yeah, I think. Uh, I think uh, sorry, this Christmas. Rosman
1: Pike's in that. Rosman Pike's in it, yes. and
0: Wes Studi's in it, and he's very very good as well. Like there there is a kind of a an industry producing westerns at the moment. It's just much smaller, obviously, than it was but like you cannot do a western now without acknowledging the the existence of slavery and the fact that the the old west was not a glorious place like and i mean i don't mean that in the sense of obviously the deconstructive western say Sergio Leone or even um, like Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven i mean like if you make a, a Western now that doesn't acknowledge slavery, or even a period Civil War film in the United States that doesn't acknowledge slavery. So say Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled, right. which was released last year in which uh, you know Colin Farrell plays an injured soldier who's taken in by these Confederate bells led by Nicole Kidman. Coppola got into a lot of trouble for glossing over the fact that slavery was something that existed in the south whereas the original film upon which it was based the Clint Eastwood one had one black character in the background but never acknowledged the fact that you know this was the south and slavery was happening like it feels like since the release of Django and I don't know if it's down to the fact that Django was the first film to really sort of break down the doors in that respect or if it was like Django you know was just part of a larger cultural conversation But it feels like now you can't have a Western and you can't have like a a period American piece without talking about stuff like, say, the legacy of the genocide of the Native Americans as in Hot Styles or about slavery as in, say, um, you know, Underground, to pick an example, the WGA scripted TV show, which is heavily influenced by Django, right down to stuff like um, John Legend and Kanye West serving as music supervisors and mixing in soundtracks that feel very similar to the ones used in Django overaction sequences involving freed slaves
1: yeah that whole idea um the whole idea of not being able to make a movie un- unless you make reference to a particular thing that oh. kind of bothers me a bit it, I don't it, mean it, like, in, in 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 the sense of storytellers have a story to tell and they the story that they're telling either includes those things or doesn't yeah so the the, the the while 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 it's very while while it's enlightened to 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 to, to, to take account of of, of of these of these realities it's 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 not like I, I don't know why it it's necessarily a criticism of a movie if they don't um, address it I think it's
0: I think it's more a cultural thing. I think like if you're dealing with but say I, the south and the confederacy, but I, if you're not addressing the fact that slavery is something that existed, you are playing into certain, you know, destructive myths in the American psyche. Like we talked about it when we talked about the general. How like there's a huge portion of say the American public who have this romantic idea of the south as, you know, the civil war was something fought about slave's right, sorry, not states rights, you know, ignoring the fact that it was states rights to keep slaves. Like there's a sense that, and particularly the political climate that we're in at the moment, I just, I feel like you can tell whatever stories you want, but if you're choosing to tell stories about the South and if you're choosing to tell stories about Manifest Destiny at the moment, like at this moment where it's highly charged, where, you know, there's this huge debate taking place about, you know, where you have people like Billy Corgan coming out and talking about like protected minority groups and inverted commas like, you need to have... Sorry, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. What did Billy say?
0: Oh, uh, Billy Corgan came out, he gave a big interview where he talked about, you know, he, the, the usual spiel about uh, social justice warriors and globalists. Right. And uh, protected minority groups and such like that. Uh-huh. Which always kind of, they strike me as that, that kind of logic about people who believe that, I don't know, African-Americans or, or Mexican-Americans or, or ethnic minorities within the states are somehow protected or special or there's no historical consideration that has to be given to that sort of context. You know, there's no historical sort of context for the existence or the, the relationships that exist in terms of, you know, politics and social groups today. Which, of course, there is. Yeah, which, of course, there is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, but my, my argument is that like right now at this moment if it, you're free to, like Sofia Coppola is free to make any movie she wants to make she can make a you know lost in translation she can make you know the story about the bling ring she can make whatever but if she chooses to make a movie about the deep south right i feel like that movie by virtue of being about the deep south in some way has to be about the institution of slavery or at least acknowledge the existence of the institution of slavery so then
1: it's like sophia um you've made this movie you obviously have a lot to say about uh, the politics of slavery and it's like no no i just had to put that stuff in there because because, why, why because, because it's important in, 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 in our in, current culture. To acknowledge the
0: existence. Well, I the, mean, the, why the, else would you make a movie about the South, though, is the question. It's like, why would you make a, a movie about Nazi Germany that doesn't acknowledge fascism or racism or totalitarianism? It's like, do you think it's just a nice setting or backdrop for a story that you're telling? Um, I think... In that case, can you not tell that story anywhere that isn't specifically the South? And if that's the case, are you using the South as like window dressing or as you know something nostalgic and affectionate? Like I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, there's a certain aesthetic to the South, I yeah. suppose.
1: And 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 it, like there 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 are other there are other qualities that 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 um, the South has aside from a history of slavery. Like they they've got nice mint juleps and and um make um, really nice
0: iced tea porches yeah and, um, and lots of columns and some really great architecture yeah um, and a history of the gothic as well and some really nice fabric lots and lots of yeah. white suits
1: and, and 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 um uh southern food soul food uh uh cajun food creole food uh in terms of music they've got zydeco they've got um blues jazz like i mean to be like i'm not
0: suggesting every movie about the southern united states has to be about slavery like baby driver was set in atlanta georgia (laughs) for example and never confronted the history of slavery and i think that's fine I think if you're making a movie though set in the Confederate States of America, which is an entity that only existed for a very specific set of time and in the very specific context yeah. of like slavery, the
1: the interesting thing about it is is yeah. is the the not even uh, the
0: interest the defining thing about it is almost, yeah. you know and I I don't know this is a this has been a very strong uh, yeah. very political tangent oh yeah 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 I like like
1: um um I I'm I'm not I'm not in the kind of uh, trenches are arguing these points uh, back and forward, and I'm not in. And, and an expert on on, on on yeah yeah the the, the, the again um, if you
0: are tuning into the 250 for your political viewpoints no. <laughs> this is probably not not the right podcast it might be
1: all you're getting <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it's but, not the idea but it's it's not what it's intended for yeah <laughs> um, um
0: but yeah no i but i think like when you talk about the cultural impact of django django did that django and yeah. again, I don't I can, know if it's I, fair to credit Django for that, or if I, it's just Django came at the right time. I suppose
1: I think it makes a lot of sense that if you are going to tell that story, and the, the, this isn't during the Civil War, this is uh, before. Two years so it's in it, it's War. it's in it's in it's in the period where where where, where slavery was a ma- was a major was a major issue, both in terms of the human uh, cost, and also in terms of the political conversation. Okay. So it 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 makes sense to me to explore slavery um in 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 that story and this movie is about that and it's about i i guess sorry you haven't asked me so what andrew what is this movie about Well, that's that's a spoiler zone question yeah um, yeah, like
0: if you're if you're renting django you probably have an idea that it may in some way involve slavery
1: yeah like like the, the 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 i suppose um I I I agree that it's important to to a, explore these things, and I think a lot of the strength of 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 this movie is that it does. Um, and if that's if that's having an effect on, I think it's not just this movie having an effect on on movies that have come after in terms of them exploring the the issue of slavery. I think a lot of it probably has to do with the. Uh, culture that these movies are are, 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 are being are made in. in a larger so yeah because this would have like, been released
0: in 2012 which would have been after barack obama was elected for a second time yeah. the united states still coming to terms and this is
1: so m- movie, movies can inform uh, the culture and culture can, can inform movies
0: because it, it should be pointed out django came out uh, the same year as say spielberg's lincoln for example which is another movie that's obviously about slavery will be in a more abstract sense than this is and also the same award season as Steve McQueen's 12 Years a Slave, yeah. which is uh, also on the 250 and is also a movie very much about slavery. And it's interesting in in some ways to look at the 250 with regards to the movies that were released in 2012 during Barack Obama's tenure, which are obviously those three films. And those three films each made the list. Lincoln has since dropped off, but Django and uh, 12 Years a Slave are both currently on the list. Right. Whereas... At the moment, if if you look at the list, and maybe this is a reflection of the culture as it exists now, films that deal with the African American experience or films that are explicitly black in their identity are usually controversial. They're voting, they're approaching, they're generating large numbers of down votes. Like say, Black Panther, for example, had a record-setting number of, of one votes before it was released. Uh, you're looking at uh, a wrinkle in time, which is the new Ava DuVernay one, which has attracted controversy for its racial politics, which attracted again. It's currently at four point two on the IMDb, which um, it, which is lower than Justice League. To be I'm, absolutely clear, I'm
1: sure, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of those reviews as well were like, now I have no problem with black movies.
0: I just don't know why there's so many black movies. Yeah. Well, There're only 37 white protagonists this year. Last year I had yeah. 38 damn it. Um but yeah, it, it's just interesting how much the climate has changed. Like I wonder if Django came at a time when Americans were almost willing to have a conversation about this and now they're a lot more uncomfortable or you know as a result as things are things seem to be a lot more tense and I think Tanahase Coates has, has written about this how the irony of electing Barack Obama as the first black president which was a huge moment for America and treated as a moment of spiritual reckoning a moment of like America coming to terms with its past then prompted an almost immediate visceral counter reaction to it where people were like it's it- the political pendulum yeah it goes back it's, and forth
1: yeah this, this 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 it like it tends to happen in most countries but the this strange thing is that you 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 you, you, would, you would expect that political issues are kind of are, are 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 that the that 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 the kinds of things that would change would be say um uh a country's say take america for example the kind of things you would expect to swing forward and back rather than rather than um uh for purely just uh, progressing forward all the time the kind of things you'd expect to swing forward and back would be like say the amount of uh, regulation yeah in 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 government the the the, the amount of um, uh, foreign policy involvement so like how many wars are you fighting yeah. and, and I mean, we and, talked and back and forth about things, a, like how a, you know clinton's yeah. response to rwanda exactly. was driven
0: by his the events that happened you know in Sudan, and then that in some way influences policy in yeah, Eastern Europe, even within so on, so
1: within yeah. the same kind of administration. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can understand kind of uh, the the um, policies kind of shifting forward and back from from from. Um, according to whether it's a Democrat or Republican, um, say a Democrat might come in and introduce a lot of um, a lot of regulations. A Republican will come back and, and deregulate it, or, it. A Democrat will come in and 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 set up certain social services, or um, uh, say uh, healthcare for 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 example. Um, a Republican tradition he might come in and, and now I know I'm sim- simplifying it but that's the ki- that's, yeah, the, kind of, and forth, that's the kind that's the kind of thing that yeah. you expect to go back and forth what you don't expect to go back and forth is like we're okay with uh, with black people now we're not okay with black people yeah the, 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 that's that's kind of um, and I, I it's 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 very it's a very strange thing to think of as part of the Political conversation because it's like I, I you you generally have the sense that it's like well that's not really a conversation. Yeah. We, we I and I think that's kind of that comes from our naivety. Yeah. Because I, I think for a very long time th- th- these kinds of um, I, I I I abhorrent ideas have 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 existed and have been held but um weren't articulated no no and they they, you you don't you don't say them in public because you're afraid of being shamed yeah exactly
0: it's it's ironic that you should mention this as our perspective as naive outsiders and stuff because i think that comes up in the film as well i think one of the central characters without getting too spoilery is in many ways sort of horrified at like witnessing this sort of back and forth and this discussion in the context of django yeah but I mean, anyway, in, in I mean, terms of Django, because like, Django was a mini culture war event of itself when it released in 2012.
1: It actually, you could see like... What, what were culture wars like in 2012 compared to now? Were, are, are they, were they were just they're fine. Were they just as tiresome? Or? No, no, they
0: they're mostly ignored. Um, there was a lot of... You know, it was something that you laughed at. It was something that you, you sort of pointed to and went, look and check out these guys. So for example, the Drudge Report would print a picture of Quentin Tarantino's head and just print the N-word seven times under it. And people would be like, that's crazy, but at least there aren't enough people there who would vote for the, you know, who would vote for a presidential candidate if he were to espouse that sort of rhetoric. Or Breitbart, which would publish outrage pieces about Jamie Foxx's line about, so I get to kill white people and I get paid for it and treat it as a hate crime. And people would be like, that's an absurd point of view. There's no way anybody believes it. So they were much more naive in 2012, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas this, if this was released today, there would be a uh, catastrophic apocalyptic.
1: To 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 be clear, like um, I I I think it's possible to empathize with uh, with it, it uh, with those people to an extent because they 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 think, oh, um, I, I'm, I I I w- I, w- I would never say such a thing. Um, ab- 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 about a person of color, why is it okay for them to to
0: like for? Um, yeah, no, and it, it is, and it, yeah. it's and like, like, because you've been but, raised in a colorblind generation. The
1: thing, the thing is that um, that it, it's it's a movie, and the the, the, the um, <laughs> Django isn't saying character. this to you. <laughs> yeah, he's saying this during the the, the Civil War. The lead up to the Civil like War. Like if somebody called me a cracker, um, which would the, the uh, I. I I, I I think one 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 time i was it was just like somebody really? kind of in 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 America kind of um uh, shouting at me but it was literally i was just kind of like walking down the street i i, 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 I didn't like own a plantation <laughs> or, in the or, yeah. or anything like that um but I, I i it really bothered me and i was yeah. like um What's I, I, bothered? I, I my like my reaction to it was like i I was i was about to kind of um turn turn around and say what in the f- did, <laughs> yeah. you, did, you, did, did you just did, say did that? you just call me um because i i think i think it, it was it was it was it was it was somebody i was trying to it was a stranger trying to get my attention and like i'm not necessarily paying attention to strangers <laughs> um if they're shouting at me and then because i wasn't paying attention he, he, he yeah like shouted that at me and then i got annoyed and then somebody who was walking in the opposite direction saw that i was about to get annoyed i was like no no don't do it which 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 kind of told me that america had a race problem because like the this other white person came up to me and was like don't, don't don't react don't react it was kind of like he sounded like he was he was worried that if that if, if, that if I bristled at it there would be a race riot <laughs> yeah which 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 kind of tells you a lot
0: about how the tension that exists because yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not surprised to 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 be I mean, I mean it is surprising but it, it's not I guess if if completely out of left field. no no like like you, you I, I I think there's 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 a lot of kind of um, progressive people in the world, but um, e- equally, if 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 you know where to look, um, there's yeah. there there's a lot of problems, and I I, th- I think a lot of them are just kind of coming to the surface. Yeah. I feel like people nowadays feel more comfortable um,
0: articulating uh, these sort of attitudes. Yeah.
1: yeah, and so some some of those things are are worth having a conversation about. Yeah, but but, like, it, but it some of it's... those things seem like. Um, I feel like history has been <laughs> yeah. um a kind of a, 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 has has answered this question. It's already at this point. Yeah. Well this would, is the which, argument at the free
0: market of ideas where it's like, yeah, you don't fascism doesn't get a second go round. It had one go round, we decided it was not a good idea. Yeah. You don't get to you don't get to basically argue for it again. Like I mean, yeah, and and it's, Well your, everyone
1: thinks that ideas are new. Yeah. Because they're theirs yeah um, and we're all brilliant yeah yeah
0: but i mean there, there is so like django is from my perspective a surprisingly important movie and one of perhaps the most important movies of the past couple of years in terms of just capturing lightning in a, in a bottle in terms of pointing out where culture was going in a, in a broader sense and also in terms of prefiguring a lot of like modern culture wars like if you read go back and read the coverage of django you can see a lot of the back and forth that that comes forth kind of in in modern discourse about film and about culture about appropriation you can Mm. see stuff about for example like quentin tarantino's right to use the n-word which has always been controversial but being brought to the surface again you can see (laughs) like the if
1: it uh the 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 right for quentin tarantino to use the n-word is is like you would have to first limit the amount to <laughs> which he uses the <laughs> Lady word. You, you can't just... like It feels like it's to, to the point now where it's like you can't say to Quentin Tarantino, you can't use that word. You have to say to him, you used it 300 times in your last movie. Yeah. Can the, we get
0: it down to 250? Yeah. 109 times in this movie. 109. nine. One hundred In this movie. It's like Joe Pesci saying the F word in Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, although, as somebody pointed out, I'm reading one commentary on it. Quentin Tarantino, who may or may not have a cameo in this particular film, doesn't actually use the word this time, which makes it an improvement upon his involvement in Pulp Fiction. Yes. Which is, yeah, but that's that's a different argument that we're going to have. But let's, let's sort of get ready to talk about this for us. So let's ask the big three questions. So, Andrew, do you think that this movie belongs on the 250?
1: Um, yes. Yes, I do and in 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 fact i i, I don't know if this is going to, are you going to ask me how it compares to other tarantino
0: movies uh, that me? would be a nice segue yeah yeah
1: yeah I, I i i would put this um oh it's tough it's really tough well, because but, they're but, I, but good, I, generally yeah. but i
0: i i might even put this ahead of um inglorious bastards Interesting. Yeah. I I would rank this. I would say this you, is more you, important and influential, but it would be you 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 would put "Hateful Aid and "Inglorious Bastards" ahead of this. It. Yeah, I mean, this feels like almost a segue between the two. And you're right when you point out that this is very much in the style of "Inglorious Bastards," and "Inglorious Bastards" in many ways paves it lays out a narrative template for this. And they're both fundamentally about the same thing, which is Quentin Tarantino really, 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 really doesn't like racists um yeah or he's talking about different kinds of holocausts yeah and and, and it's, it's, they, the america has had many
1: yeah they 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 uh if if you go to a a um a holocaust uh museum in the united states it it's referring to the uh jewish holocaust in nazi germany yeah but of course there was the uh Genocide native american Americans um holocaust or it, it, it which which is the word that some people use yeah i don't think and it's I, it's inaccurate to to no. to to to, to uh, say given that.
0: how systemic it was and how organized it was even if like it was never the express purpose in the same way that the, the germans planned out at the conference it was yeah. very much a matter of policy to basically dispose of these people um for lack of a better word and i mean this is the thing because i Again, I I run a blog, I run a pop culture site, and you would be surprised, well, you probably wouldn't be surprised how often you get people who are like, uh, what are you talking about when you talk about slavery and, and, you know, the genocide of the Native Americans as, you know, as sins of of the American continent? Like in in the context of, say, the review of uh, Black Panther, which is a movie that's not about slavery, but there's a conversation in it where two characters discuss The fact that slavery was a thing that happened and the legacy that it creates and the divide that it creates between the people, the African-Americans and the people who actually lived in Africa and remained there. And like, so I mentioned that in passing in my review. And I just, the first comment that was left on the review was, what are you talking, why are you talking about slavery? What's what's the deal here? What's the what's the agenda? What's the purpose? Why 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 are you bringing up slavery? You know, I mean, Britain and Germany and other powers also participate in slavery and slave trades and you know, all this whataboutery. And it's like, I, I would mention that if this was a movie about Germany or France, but this is a movie about the African-American experience that explicitly references slavery. So it's... It shouldn't be taboo to mention the fact that that's something that happened, but there's a real sensitivity about those aspects of American history that's strange. Yeah, I mean, like um, we're not sensitive about the Magdalene laundries, for example, or other yeah, horrible I things. Yeah, I history.
1: think, I think, I think, those sorts of points often seem to me kind of insincere, because if they meant what they were saying, then, then it would it would be an interesting point, as in why don't we explore the the yeah or the the the, what about the slavery that we don't talk about yeah but it's that's not what it is the whole the whole point of those um remarks are to um stop talking about talking about slavery yeah not not to not to um start talking about some other types of slavery yeah yeah or when when people say well the irish were very well badly treated
0: you're like, that is objectively um, true, but it's not yeah. the conversation that we're having now. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it's a conversation maybe worth having, but, you know, not the conversation that I'm participating in in good faith. Yeah. And and there's something very strange about that. There's something... oh, the That that level of discomfort is, is strange, and it's sort of... It's weird to... It's great to see Django poke that with a stick, and it... it Again, it came at a time when Lincoln was doing something more academic and more considered, and more sort of prestige, traditional picture mm. route. And 12 it's was- a very,
1: very, very good book, by the way the um, uh, the uh, Godwin book um, uh, that team, team team of rivals. Well, like, I I haven't seen the full movie, but I was watching the movie and thinking, this isn't really like the book. <laughs> um, but it but it does say, like, on the cover of the book now, kind of, it, it like, some of, of the, some of of the Daniel covers Day will Lewis. have Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. on it, yeah. Well, but mean, it's a book about Lincoln, it's a very good book.
0: Great, and I mean, there's also 12 Years a Slave, which is Steve McQueen's one, which is... ...somewhere halfway between this and Lincoln... ...in that it's more recognizably a prestige picture... ...but it also doesn't shy from the violence and the brutality of it. Like, in some ways, Lincoln's issue is that it's too academic... ...whereas Django is is visceral and raw... ...and it's really uncomfortable. I mean, the moment that I realized you hadn't seen Django before... ...and we'll talk a bit more about this in the spoiler Zone... ...was a moment when an act of violence against a slave was committed... ...and you went, oh god... And it was, and I remember because that was the same reaction I had when I saw it the first time. Because it was, it was like what? this.
1: The, yeah, before anyone goes and sees this movie, yeah, we should say this is brutal.
0: This is horrific, and it should be, but it is horrific. It's not. This is what I talked about when I said you couldn't recommend this for everyone. Like you couldn't, no. you couldn't tell your your grandmother or your parents to yeah. go see it or whatever. And I maybe mean, you couldn't.
1: Like if if it's an important movie about slavery, it's a shame that you can't show it to kids. Yeah, you know but and 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 that's why like the whole thing about it has to be brutal and horrific it is but i i think there 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 need to be movies as well that kids can watch <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah that, um, that 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 won't kind of um completely traumatize them yeah, yeah.
0: you don't have to spend 3 yeah. days afterwards just detoxing I mean, I I can see that argument, and there's maybe a way to do it. I mean, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to think of an example of a way to do it without
1: without kind of um uh like watching it. over, yeah, yeah, yeah. washing
0: over the fact that the violence was committed. I mean,
1: I I I think people of all ages watch the likes of Brutes yeah. I haven't seen it.
0: And that, that's quite effective. That works reasonably well. I mean, the colour purple by Spielberg also works quite well. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe there is. And I mean, there's an argument that you would probably be more likely to show... You would obviously be more likely to show a history class, 12 Years a Slave, than you would to show Django. Um, and even 12 Years a Slave is visceral and raw. and. Yeah. But I mean... I
1: mean I, I like. Uh... The, the the thing that it comes back to as well is that some, some sometimes these stories are, are better told in allegories. Yeah. It is so but 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 you're 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 You don't you're, want to minimize the real experience. Yeah. Is and you're, like we... you're kind of assuming that the that, that the person is going to get the allegory? Yeah. Because there there are there are people who are big fans of X-Men or people who are big fans of Star Trek who don't really um, see the disconnect between that their, and, and uh, their whatever kind of um, uh, reactionary politics yeah, say and, and they just think um, Uh, and mutant powers are cool (laughs) or like uh, space exploration is awesome yeah and they're not
0: like what's this what's this message of tolerance and understanding in there well i mean this is the thing when you talk about like sick yeah and we talk about whataboutery in terms of argument and stuff like that because the issue with allegory is that it opens itself up to whataboutery so if you do a star trek episode that's about slavery And somebody points it out. The first response you're going to get is, why do you have to make everything about slavery? Um, Whereas if you actually do a movie about slavery, there's no capacity to go, why do you have to make this movie about slavery Uh, about slavery? We should
1: do because we we have we have like probably conservatively like two to three hundred more movies that we're going to end up talking about. We should try and make every week about slavery, <laughs> Just in some regardless capacity. of what the movie <laughs> yeah. is. I feel like yeah. this
0: is going to be great when we land next week <laughs> on like, uh, John Wick Chapter 2 <laughs> resurging in there. But no. Well, I,
1: yeah, it's definitely a, like a that one is thing. obvious. I mean, the
0: subtext is right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that sort of gets at the final question I was going to ask, which is. So,
1: Mandingo oh, fighting and that. <laughs>
0: i don't (laughs) think it's mandingo fighting as much as just fighting
1: yeah it's just people fighting yeah yeah
0: But, but you know that's that's equivalent really i mean yeah yeah
1: um it's not mandingo fighting if one of them is white Is (laughs) is it? Sorry, <laughs> um, I think that's a hate crime. Actually. Yeah, it's a hate crime. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that, that 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 was um, that was the hot take that that we had for John Wick uh two. Two. Why why wasn't John Wick charged with a hate crime?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. You can listen back to the episode to see if you can. It's embedded in there pretty deep. I may that may not have made the yeah. Of the final it's episode.
1: actually only in the right earbud.
0: Yeah, very faintly in the background. Yeah, but anyway. So with that in mind, then would you I recommend, shouldn't be
1: glib. But... No, I know it,
0: it is. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. when We jump to the spoiler zone because there is an argument about how the tone of the movie and the subject matter it's covering. But most immediately, I mean, sort. Of, I think we sort of danced around this a little bit. Would you recommend that people watch Django?
1: Yes. Yeah, I would. Um I just watched it and I'm really glad I did. This is a Quentin Tarantino movie um for people who like Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. And it's very like um at, at, at in fairness at no point did, did any of the characters say, uh, "Well, let's not start jerking ourselves off just yet"? <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 aside from that, it had a lot of the other um, the Tarantino. Tarantino. Um,
0: well, it does. It's got the, a lot of those extended yeah. conversations. And it, and a love of the language, exactly,
1: um, and and a real kind of nostalgia as well for for, for old, for old cinema. cinema. Yeah,
0: like I mean, it has, and with the collaboration of Franco Nero, who played the original Django. Yeah, um, in the the, 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 movie the title Oscars.
1: sequence are very kind of 70s yeah and 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 it was the same with um with with um inglorious bastards i haven't seen uh hateful hateful eight but yeah if and 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 the movie looks great there is there is there 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 are a lot of um very beautiful shots in this movie and the 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 Wardrobes, yeah, are and even, even are, the are are work amazing. Is nostalgic. There's a lot of whip the, the,
0: pans, a lot of zooms. There's a lot of like, it's very much in the style of an exploitation. Yeah,
1: I, I I loved um, the 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 zooms. There's even um, a, a crawls for for people who like them. Yeah,
0: like there's <laughs> um, a lot of really fancy, like old school, like Tarantino. As much as this is a movie about slavery, like little
1: Title cards, or what do you call those?
0: Yeah, uh, subtitles and stuff yeah. like that. Or there's a lot of a lot of really great sort of throwback, like Tarantino. As much as this is a, a very you know important political movie about slavery that deals with the legacy of violence, Tarantino is also relishing the opportunity to make it honest to goodness western. Oh, he...
1: and and he he's, he's also relishing the opportunity to uh, do a really violent movie. Because yes. because um, violence is everywhere. It's even in a breakfast cereal. Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And on that note, Quentin, we're going to segue neatly into the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler Zone! So, Andrew, I feel like, having talked about the movie for 40 minutes already, we've kind of gotten this already. But what is Django Unchained about for you?
1: Feminism. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's about, it's, it's obviously it's, it's set um, just before the Civil War when uh, racism still existed. Yeah, luckily we vanquished that. Exactly. Um and luckily um, we sorted
0: all of those problems and it's just great right now. There is no racism in the world whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 a movie about America and about its its kind of um
0: uh the foundations upon which it's based and Yeah, be,
1: be, because it's a funny thing that America it has this very noble kind of idea behind us, yeah. you know? Where Freedom, every every liberty, every justice, every truth. every man and woman is, is 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 born equal to to um to 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 pursue life, um, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. liberty in the pursuit of happiness, and and then that's kind of like the the really positive story about 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 America, like that any any anyone would would would. would Um, an idea or
0: with like the right attitude can come to the country or be born in the country and can make it to the top and can push their way through and can triumph through like meritocracy through this idea of like earning
1: regardless of who you are if 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 your father is a multimillionaire you can, <laughs> you, can you can accomplish anything yeah no um, i mean but i mean the,
0: like we're we're being flippant but that is that is something yeah, about, I'm, there, I'm, there there and there and, and those story those america.
1: stories do exist not yeah. just in america but that, that that's that's where, where that kind of idea of um well for a lot of for for a lot of people i think it's 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 when when you think of kind of social mobility yeah which I, I suppose um, is a relatively recent concept in some ways.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that, that's the argument, is that because America was so young, it did not have a rigorous class system the same way yeah. as the European countries in the old world. Yeah. So that, that is the logic behind that, is that you could come there, and again, you, you sort of see that in the argument of like the romantic ideal of Manifest Destiny, as opposed to the reality of it, which is that like God had given these people this massive continent, And let's not talk talk about the reality of it, but the myth of it, which is that, you know, they were given this massive continent on which they could expand westward and they could claim a piece of earth as their own and they could make it. And if they worked hard, that earth would yield to them. It would give them crops. It would give them gold. It would give them oil. And it would provide for them because, you know, because they worked for it, because they went exploring, because they dared to cross the ocean, because they dared to carve out a little piece of the world for themselves. And I mean, let's... Ignore the the reality of the situation, which is slightly more complicated,
1: right? Which is the idea
0: that you know the settlers, you know, weren't the original Americans. No, and the land wasn't gifted to them; it was taken by them.
1: So, I think I think somebody sets off to America, hope hoping for for a better life, and not um and not think in, in. I, I would imagine in those times not thinking i'm i'm going to take something from somebody no, else no. I, i'm sure it never even enters their mind yeah that's the uh, that 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 they're taking something that's not theirs i think um it's, they, its yeah they they they're 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 going there they're going there to build a life for themselves because because the the, the good lord has uh has provided this world um yeah, uh, I mean, for, it's, for, for the
0: dollar, the dollar bill has a little note on it saying "God favors this enterprise." Yeah, you know, and I mean that—that's the idea, is that you know, this is a place where luck smiles down on people, and yeah. they're free of the constraints that were on them in the old world. It kind
1: of I, um, the 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 idea of the idea of Native Americans own the land is 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 an interesting one. I suppose uh, they, they, Yeah, this
0: they, is an, this is a very complicated argument. Exactly. Speaking. So
1: so uh, like I don't. I think the the world belongs to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like i I'm 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 very I'm, I'm I'm I'd I'd be quite kind of um, against the idea of 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 ownership in in in, in terms of nationalism. Oh. I, would, I, I, I would I would I would be I'd be much more kind of globalist and would 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 yeah. like to 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 share and to yeah. see more movement and to see like uh... i i i don't know why there 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 needs to be um one country for um for this culture or race or or, yeah. or nationality and then another country for for other uh, as as happens all over the world yeah where 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 nations are divided by um religion or politics
0: yeah and i mean the the argument is though that that those cultures are never so easily divided so you end up with disputes and disagreements and complicated relationships and and sort of these the, the boundaries that you draw end up creating more issues Exactly, um, but anyway, sorry. Welcome sorry. Back to the Globalist <laughs> podcast. But no, I mean the, that I,
1: is a podcast. I think I think the Monocle have a podcast called the Globalist. Ah. so they, they come after us and sue taken. us yeah. if we if we start if calling we, ourselves that, and
0: if we veer too heavily into the territory. But I think what, <laughs> you, what you're getting <laughs> we're,
1: at the, we're, we're we're not in danger of supplanting them. I don't
0: think. Uh, as the four, <laughs> as the like the, the world's most respected globalist podcast. We but we'll I think have Finchno
1: O'Toole a... talking to us next week um <laughs> uh, about uh little miss sunshine <laughs> yeah.
0: oh that would be an amazing we should see if we can get him when we land on little miss sunshine <laughs> uh but anyway back to talking about django though i think what you were getting at though is the contrast that exists between that romantic like nostalgic this ideal of america as a country where all men are created and equal, and then
1: yeah yeah there is this skeleton in the closet there are several skeletons in the closet and they're not just in the closet either. No. <laughs> they're, uh, they're kind of um, up um, on the stage, and um, they Affecting want they the want to
2: be heard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, this is one of the things Quentin Tarantino. One of the decisions that led in him closet. to talk Sorry. about Django. One of the, one of the things that led Tarantino to write Django as a Southern. Yeah, um, is the fact that he was Tarantino is a man who loves the history of cinema, and he adores. Yeah. Classic cinema. Oh, it comes across. And like, I mean, and, and, like, so when he Classic makes...
1: Classic cinema and also like kind the of dead... Non-classic cinema. Yeah, yeah. Exploitation the, and... Exactly, and yeah. And D-movies
0: and stuff. But, like, so when Tarantino makes this criticism, it somehow is even more valid than when, you know, Stuffy McCritick, or whatever, you know, my online name is, makes a similar observation, which is the, like... Is that you? That is me. Uh, that's my anonymous <laughs> commenting name. But uh, Stuffy McCritic. Um, but yeah, the... My,
1: my name online is Milo Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you heard it here first, people. Uh, but yeah, so you have Tarantino talking about how John Ford, he really, he has great difficulty watching John Ford's films because of the way that his Westerns gloss over and minimize... The exploitation of Native Americans and treats them as joke characters and indulges in racial caricatures and does the same for African Americans. And so he thought that making a Western or a Southern in this case, there was an impetus on him to explore a part of that period of history. That tends to be glossed over in cinema's treatment of that. Period. Yeah. I mean, gone with the wind is a great example of that. You know, it's a film that is set in the deep South that offers a really romantic picture and kind of glosses over the horrors and abuses of slavery. The general yeah. would be another example I, of a film that's, you know, the, the heroic characters I, I, are the Confederacy. It's
1: that. a difficult thing. Cause you, you can't judge them too harshly either. Like, like, oh, yeah, like, no, no. I mean, like you, you, if, if, if gone with the wind had, had very kind of prescient, interesting things to say about slavery and a real kind of awareness of it that it never would, would have that would made. Be, that, yeah well it never would have gotten made. We would find out that this movie did get made and and realise, oh gosh, this was ahead really ahead of its time. That's probably why it wasn't so successful. Yeah the, and that's why it crashed and there were no and, other movies. And ever. and it would be laudable if, if 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 it were ahead of its time, but you can't really judge it for yeah. being of its time. No I, I yeah. know and
0: I think that's fair. And I mean particularly when we're on this podcast talking about those films like I think the general is a fantastic piece of work. I think Gone with the wind is one of the greatest cinematic Accomplishments ever, but mm. I think that Tarantino. Like,
1: I, I I was disappointed with myself. Like it's difficult to switch it off, though. Like yeah. th- that that th- that sort of um, contemporary prism.
0: Yeah, that voice in the right? and I think. I think that's fair, though. I think that, it like... Yeah. I because think that...
1: He, 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 sorry.
0: You can admire the art of a film and, like, the artistry of a film and its storytelling and its narrative. Like, the general is a really impressive physical piece of work. Like, the set pieces, the stunts, the design, the narrative, it flows really well. It's a fantastic film and you absolutely should watch it. Yeah. I think it's also entirely fair to say that, it, you know, it glamorizes the Confederacy it- and it's a little... You know, awkward in some respects now. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think that diminishes the film.
1: Identity politics um, can sometimes spoil one's enjoyment of a movie. Like a movie we did recently was um, uh, RoboCop. Yes, which is which is which 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 is one it's absolutely fantastic. Which though. is one of my favorite movies. But, well, like it does it's not going to pass a blettle test no but um it's it's, it's
0: african american characters are largely underdeveloped compared to the white cast for yeah example.
1: yeah you 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 there 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 is diversity in that movie but uh, there yeah there there is there's 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 a kind of it's not um exactly blind casting in terms <laughs> of like if you were going to really kind of like go after the movie you could say like oh there they the, the uh, there there's like problematic um like gender politics in it but and 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 i like when we talked about that movie i didn't say any of that sort of thing because i don't think it's important no but watching the movie these (laughs) things just like every now and then will like pop into my head like i was thinking i don't think um i don't think i i I think his name is min i don't think he has a line (laughs) like (laughs) Uh, in 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 the movie, or hardly at all, and he's one of the first uh, to 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 be killed. The, the, oh f- yeah, maniac, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm talking about uh, Min, who's the who's uh, one of the kind of um, Asian um, henchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, like, um, but like, why is that thought coming into my head? Yeah. Why am I thinking? Oh, I'd like to see a lot more development of this For Asian maniac, character. Yeah. Uh, whereas like. It, I know I love this movie. Yeah. And you're right uh, to love this movie. Yeah. I don't think
0: anyone would say that you're not. And this is the this is the the issue with like identity politics and, and film and the yeah. discussion around them is that I feel like it's perfectly appropriate to point out these issues and these yeah. concerns. And I feel it's also like the the issue becomes when you start judging people for liking them or when you insist that, you know, these are these films are apparent individually rather than collectively. Like mm-hmm. I would argue for example the issue with the representation of of black characters in film is not necessarily a problem with any individual film. It's just a collective concern about cinema in general. You know, I mean, I I feel like when you start picking individual films and when you start, when there's a discourse around particular films and discussions that paint people who object to them as, you know as racist or as sexist then you run into problems but i feel like it's right to have those discussions i I feel like it's it's right to talk about the racial politics of say three billboards or the racial politics of i love dogs um but you
1: know i mean the 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 interesting thing i guess is um sometimes you think of it in terms of well there will there will be representation when minorities are not even minorities but like people of color people 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 women of different people sexual do. orientation women when when they have more representation in the in um in in the production yeah of 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 our culture of 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 the books we read of the music we listen to of the 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 um movies that we watch um and but this is movie about uh by 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 a by a white guy and 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 the same with um three billboards yeah um the I suppose it's 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 an interesting um
0: well I mean Isle of Dogs is also by a white guy set primarily in Japan now it has a Japanese writer which complicates the issue somewhat yeah it has a similar well like
1: with, in terms of podcasts I think it's important like we all all of our I think we've said it before. All of our podcasts are scripted, and sometimes we have kind of uh, guest writers who might be uh, women or, or or people of color to to, to to write out all of what we're going to say during the podcast beforehand, which 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 means that it's less kind of. Um, uh,
0: two white uh, guys talking about things they have no direct experience of
1: exactly so yeah we're we, 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 um, the
0: writers room is, is on this
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: and they're letting you know through my voice that they're on this They just want you to be reassured that they are on this yeah because I mean and, and yeah that, that's fair and I mean I think
1: I mean I'll, at the end of the day we sign off on on on, yeah, on Vita, the scripts right. that I mean, we're gonna yeah, I mean you know, to read
0: we are the visionaries behind it I mean that's why at the end of the podcast yeah. it's created by Andrew. I'm Dandy. not
1: saying this. This is me reading from
0: the, from the line, like the like yeah, but yeah no, I, and I, I think that's a, a fair discussion to have, and I mean I think it's good that Tarantino was motivated by those concerns because Tarantino is undoubtedly a political filmmaker, and whatever you think about his use of the N word, which is debatable at, at I, don't no, I don't think
1: he's ever said N word. No,
0: I don't think there's ever been a situation where Tarantino I don't Tarantino's think, he, I don't think writing, he has
1: a use of the N word.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tarantino's writing and he hits like. And, and you take that N-word Jim and he's actually thought N-word instead of like what the word, what we're substituting for. Or I, I want,
1: want to see, I want to see a movie actually. I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to see a movie where all of the people are saying uh, N-word.
0: Where it's just been dubbed the version of Django. That's it. That's your, that's your, you're you're complaining that you couldn't show this at schools. There's your solution. You just yeah. get Leonardo DiCaprio in to re-record all of I, his dialogue. In fact, actually, I
1: was on a plane. I went to I I, I, I keep talking about, it. I went to LA recently. He I had some I meetings with some people. Um, um, yeah, I was trying to get this thing sold. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the fact that he's back here with me <laughs> lets you know exactly how those meetings went. <laughs> but um, I was watching um, uh, Keanu. Yeah, and it's T the, uh, the and TNP. Exactly. And but it's the dub version. Oh. So, um, uh. They still do that on planes? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 there was they, a big they, argument a little while ago. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Okay. But uh, this this particular, um, Norwegian flight, it was, um, it was like American Cable. okay.
0: Um,
1: which, which. So this what happens which, when you find a stranger which, in the Alps. Which, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, they, uh, the n-word was used a lot in the um and they 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 would they would use different substitutions for it but there were some there were some cases in which the context was made 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 it made made it very clear what they were saying so they actually did say n-word oh okay um so it's like oh you always go to n-word um, that's, that 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 um, yeah. which yeah. is an actual conversation yeah. that happens in the film. Exactly, yeah. So, so I
0: don't feel Tarantino's Tar- ever written a line of dialogue and said, uh, and then he calls him N word. He um, has he has a button on the on the, <laughs> on the keyboard and he presses that, that the automatically yeah. brings it up. And I mean, I feel like that's a valid discussion to have. But despite that. I think Tarantino's Heart is generally Sorry, in the you right said place. that
1: already. Yeah. It's <laughs> just repeat sorry.
0: But I feel like Tarantino's heart is generally in the right place. Yeah. Like I feel like he's well meaning like he famously marched with Black Lives Matters, for example. Yeah. Um and to the point where I think police he's, unions boycotted his uh, screenings of a hateful eight.
1: And he's, like, in term, in terms of his, like, political connections as well, like, I know the producers of this movie are big uh, um, supporters donors. of uh, Democratic donors. Oh, yeah, the Weinstein,
0: um, it's a, it is a Weinstein movie. Exactly. I like most so, of Tarantino's films. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And, I don't know if
1: we want to talk about that either. That would be a whole other um, uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
0: like, to be fair, yeah, Tarantino has been drawn into that with the auteur. Thing I can well. imagine. Because you heard about the Uma Thurman thing, right?
1: No no. Okay. I, did, I I heard there was a thing, but I didn't kind of um, okay. uh, read um, what the thing was.
0: Okay, the issue is rather complicated. And it's more in a sense of Tarantino uh, being stupid uh, rather than abusive, or at least that's my reading of it where he allegedly, first of all, he claims that he knew more about Harvey Weinstein uh, than he needed to have, to have done something and he accepts his own responsibility, which is good. That's a lot more than most people involved in the scandal have done, which is to put his hands up and say, I should have done something. I, Even if I didn't know consciously, I knew enough that I should have been inter- intervening, but I didn't. And, and so mm. I the hands up and I accept that. Uh, but also he, um, he forced Uma Thurman, he didn't force, he pressured Uma Thurman into taking part in a stunt involving a car in one of the Kill Bill movies. Right, um, that she was not qualified to do as an actor because, you know, actors are, are actors. They act. That's, you know, this is the uh, have you tried acting, dear boy, approach where it's like you, you film them behind the wheel and you inter intercut that with a stunt driver doing the actual driving. So, but Tarantino wanted the shot of, of Thurman behind the car or behind the wheel of the car in the car doing the driving which she was not properly trained for was not equipped to do and as a result, the, the car scene went horribly wrong, got into a crash. She was left with a back injury um, that I think she still possibly suffers from. I know it immediately led to her not being able to do a lot of work and a lot of stunt work afterwards, which when you've done Kill Bill, being able to do stunt work is like a huge part of your marketability afterwards. Yeah. Um. And so that, like, Tarantino really, really pressured her against her initial misgivings against the explicit misgivings of the stunt team working on the film.
1: Did he say, is Tarantino going to have to choke it? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that, I, don't, I that, don't think That's he... always like the implied threat yeah. on, a on a Tarantino movie. Film yeah. Is,
0: yeah, the the insert of himself choking Diane Kruger in Inglorious Bastards standing as a high watermark in his career. Yeah, Tarantino has made a large number of questionable choices, right down to his infamous Howard Stern interview about the Roman Polanski case. Yeah. Which, yeah well which... like
1: he's it, he's um, like a very specific kind of idiot. Yes. And in, 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 well, in the sense in the sense that we're all specific kinds of idiots. Yeah. But he, he, he he's the kind of idiot where it's going to be very
0: obvious yeah <laughs> um, he's a loud idiot he's, yeah yeah he,
1: but he, but all but also he's uh, like that that's not discounting is his his, yeah. his 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 uh his intelligence and his um ability but also yeah.
0: even his well-intentionedness with regards to stuff like black lives I th- matters i, th- I and think the
1: important ad- thing is that everybody is learning yeah and and thankfully we're not all gu- guilty of the kind of crimes that's, that that that
0: obviously harvey weinstein yeah is, yeah okay.
1: they, uh, are, and i mean Woody Allen, like some, Polanski and exactly things. there's some 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 of us are are are, 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 are guilty of of being inconsiderate yeah. some of us can even be guilty of being spiteful yeah but like we're we're. i think i think in general people want to be good
0: yeah well i mean that's it's a very humanist perspective yeah and i think i like and like and, i give credit to tarantino Where I feel like he has done lots of stupid things. He's done lots of things he shouldn't have done. But there's an element of mea culpa about it. Like, I mean, even his apology for the comments about the the Roman Polanski case. Where he, he apologized to the victim specifically for his comments. Which are, you know, he shouldn't have made the comments in the first place is an obvious thing. And he was an idiot for doing it. And he was wrong. But the fact that he's willing to take ownership of them like if, puts him at, you
1: know... If I was a celebrity, there's tons of stuff I've, I've said on the, this podcast this podcast that, that, would, that would kind of, like... Come uh, back to haunt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, uh, like, I'm, I'm... That's only because I'm, I goad you, Andrew.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, y- you write most of the scripts.
0: yeah. Well, hey, shh, I'm not Iron Zorkin. Um, um, you we're, don't want to hear what happens in the writers' room. We're,
1: we're always when we're talking, we like to be on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just
0: change the whole scene behind us as we're doing these podcasts. But I mean, and that's the thing is that like Django comes from a place of Tarantino being righteously angry, um, and I mean it's very much in the style of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But we talked about when we talked about Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards is powered by sheer uncompromising righteous anger. Yeah. It's it's like witnessing injustice and suffering and realizing that there's not an intellectual conversation to be had about it and the only response to it is Well,
1: if there's an intellectual conversation to be had about it, it's maybe not a Tarantino movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that his characters are intelligent conversationalists. Yeah, but um,
1: like there, there's, there, there's, 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 there's a kind of a um, heavy kind of punch to yeah. to to Tarantino movies. Well, I mean, well, I would, like I'd, even when they're not about anything.
0: Yeah, um, there is still that sort of anger or still sort of violence yeah. or sort of like. But I mean, even in like this is the thing about Django in particular, right? Because and I feel like we haven't we've talked around Django a lot, but we haven't actually talked about Django uh, a great deal with django you get a sense of tarantino literalizing that right because king schultz who's played by christoph waltz who is fantastic won his second oscar for this role um and deservedly so although i i would pick another member of the supporting cast who deserves an award for their work i i
1: I wonder if it's the same one will we say it after three uh three two one okay three two one samuel Samuel l Jackson. jackson
0: Bingo, yeah. but we'll talk about that character maybe later. But the thing with Schultz is, Schultz is yes, he deserved to
1: win an Oscar. <laughs> yes, of course he
0: did. And I hope he. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, like Sorry, Samuel no, Jackson no. is amazing. But uh, we're going to talk of about how him. I was going to end that before I started. <laughs> but um, Schultz is is astounding. He's an interesting character because he's a Tarantino character. He's incredibly witty and verbose, and he's very articulate and he's very clear. And like, in fact, and violent. He, yeah, and violent and capable of violence as well yeah. but there are repeated times where he has to explain his language not only to the the slaves who are not educated but to the other white characters who aren't mm. educated as well but like over the he course says, I, of-
1: I do beg your pardon my my english isn't my first language <laughs> yeah
0: I know. Which, by the way, is something that really happens. Like, when you meet people from the continent uh, who are like French or German, yeah. and their English is much better than yours, you, you feel really inadequate. Like,
1: I, I do beg your pardon, I'm being supercilious. You're like, sorry? And it's like, oh, sorry, yeah. like, oh, sorry. I, I don't speak English very well.
2: <laughs>
0: I love that your German sounds like Werner Herzog by default. All yeah, um, German people sound like Werner Herzog.
1: Yeah. Um, but, well, I. I only have uh, two thumbs and 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 not very much else because I <laughs> bit my fingers off in a, <laughs> in a camp, camp in Siberia. Uh,
0: the best thing about Jack Reacher. Yeah. <laughs> The issue with with Django, the main arc of Django for Schultz, who is the most uh, the most typical Tarantino character, in that he's the one who can talk a mile a minute, who can wrangle his way out of any situation, who comes up with these incredibly daring plans, who can manipulate people through his use of words. Right? What happens in Django Unchained is that King Schultz, the most archetypal Tarantino character, runs up against something with which he cannot reason, with which he cannot bargain, with which he cannot stomach. And it happens,
1: like, there's a sense A number of times, yeah. Over the course of the film. Like, like, even though Tarantino is in this movie, um, (laughs) I feel like the, the king is kind of playing at least the idealized kind of notion of, of um of how tarantino sees these things yeah as 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 in he he's disgusted by it
0: yeah and i mean the thing with schultz is schultz even acknowledges early in the film that he's planning to exploit django and to exploit his situation and to turn this whole slavery malarkey to my advantage yeah um i'm gonna but- make a great movie <laughs> yeah um but there and there is that element like that plays into issues of like cultural appropriation for example and, and right. issues like around quentin tarantino's use of the n-word and stuff like that there's a sense that like king well, is acknowledging his his sort of tourism in this but then as he gets deeper he cannot fathom it like and you see it when he goes undercover with candy and he sees the guy about to be get teared apart by the dogs and torn apart by the dogs and he's like i will pay you five hundred dollars not to do this yeah and like Django, who has lived every day in this existence and who knows how this world works, is like, that That doesn't work. You can't do that. And then later on, at the end, because we're in the spoiler zone, like, what undoes all of the hard work that himself and Django have done and the manipulations and everything they've done to get Brumilda free is the fact that Schultz cannot stand in a room with somebody as corrupt and wicked and sickening as Candy and treat him like a civil human being. He can't bring himself to acknowledge him as an equal and shake his hand. Because he's so bristling with righteous indignation. That he's so upset fundamentally by this institution of slavery. That this thing that is happening. And like over the course of Django. It's not Django himself who changed. Django changes a little bit. But Django always remains who he is. I Schultz... Schultz is worn down just by exposure to the horrors around him.
1: I really liked the death of um, of King Schultz um, because it made me think about how you only get to die once, um, generally, and uh, to 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 for for it to uh, for it to have meant something. Now, the only problem with his death is that it could have like ruined everything the movie could have ended with with everybody that we care about being murdered um and 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 and, um that 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 nearly happens but the movie has a happy ending it does It is a very happy ending i mean everybody dies
0: (laughs) everybody dies except (laughs) the two characters we care about yeah
1: and 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 king king schultz died also but he, he, he
0: he he appears via flashback (laughs) (laughs) just so he's there at the end in some way with them as well they'll call you the fastest gun in the south in case you haven't got that this is a southern yet simba (laughs) (laughs) I, i am your father uh but no thing is though the death of of king schultz is is interesting in several respects because i think it's i credit it with being more pointed than than you do because I think that there's an element you're right that it could have ruined everything and it comes perilously close to ruining everything. Yeah. And I wonder
1: which is, which is a good kind of a dram, dramatic, dramatic kind twist.
0: of yeah. Where the good guys are so close it's it's the inverse of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, it's snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. And but,
1: so, sometimes sometimes that kind of stuff annoys me. Well, where but it feels but, like the movie's prolonging itself. Where yeah, where where but but like where where what what I don't like is is something that I know is going to end badly, where they uh, where where they do that, where thing, thing, thing things are um, actually now getting fixed, and then they're going to. to oh, okay. Yeah. So this
0: is like a most violent year. This is the level of tension where it ratchets it up, ratchets it up, and you get a little reprieve, but you <laughs> know that that reprieve is just like just to lure you into a false sense of security, so that the final ratchet will hurt all the more.
1: I, I I I I really liked uh, most. I love I love Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry.
0: But yeah, I think the the thing with King Schultz is because this is one of the arguments against the film that's been made, and like famously, um, Tarantino wanted to cast Will Smith as Django, to the point where he moved the film to Was, Sony Pictures.
1: <laughs> I, just imagine Will Smith's rap for the movie <laughs> the soundtrack. Yeah. Um,
0: but uh, it will be much more respectful. Um, respect your parents. Take yeah. care of yourself. Um, but apparently Smith turned it DJ down. DJ Ango. Yeah. But he moved. He, well, first of all, he moved the, the production to Sony Pictures in order to secure Smith because Smith has a long-term relationship with Sony. That's uh-huh. how committed Tarantino was to getting Smith in the role of Django. Right. Smith ultimately turned it down on reading the script because he felt like Django wasn't the main character because he felt like Schultz was. Right and one of the criticisms that made the film and don't don't worry this give me a second here let me let me get to the end of the logic here is that schultz is a Stabier. white yeah is a white savior character which i i don't buy um and i could but i can see why people would make it and one of the reasons i don't buy it is because i think tarantino is very smart in how he uses schultz cuz schultz is set up as a vaguely white saviour character in that he's the character who liberates, you know, who liberates Django from slavery, albeit for his own ends. He's literally
1: re- a white saviour.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> who who realises that, who sees the horror of what's happening in America and cannot fathom it, right? Yeah. But what, what Tarantino does with that template is he basically allows, like, Schultz's outsider indignity, right? Which is... Schultz has never been enslaved. Schultz will never have a family member who will be sold into bondage. He's never been tied to a tree and whipped. He's never experienced slavery firsthand. All he's done is experienced it secondhand, right? Right. And throughout the film, there's a recurring suggestion that Django is much more in control of his emotions than he is. There's a really nice ironic line where before they go to Candyland, where, you know, Schultz has this conversation with Django where he's like, you need to keep your emotions in check. You need to be in perfect control. You need to know what you're doing. And, you know this is ironic because it's ultimately Schultz who can't keep his emotions in check and control, despite the fact he's a, you know, he's effectively a tourist here. He's living vicariously. And
1: his, that's a very interesting, yeah, kind of nuance to it. All right.
0: Because his indignity and his self satisfaction, and he acknowledges this because when he shoots Candy, he turns to Django and he says, yeah. yeah, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. And it's like, you realize in that moment, right? That, jango was so close to getting away with yeah. his wife without any bloodshed yeah and all that it would have taken for them to walk out of there free without having to like being threatened of being gelded being like sold back into slavery all it would have taken would be for schultz to swallow his pride go over there and shake the hand of the man who he understandably and justifiably reviles but schultz is so indignant and so committed to his sense of pride and his sense of righteousness that he can't do it, despite the fact he's not the person directly affected by this. Yeah, and so he ends up screwing everything it's, over.
1: Yeah, it's like the 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 kind of um, he's doing the right thing, but doing doing the right thing um, can harm other people. Yeah, and like can for, harm the people for, you're trying to help in theory for, as well. Yeah, exactly. When like. Um, if you think in terms of um, when something happens, when something is revealed and then there's the kind of implication that a lot of people knew about this and it wasn't revealed, then one consideration is people who knew don't necessarily want to bring ev- everybody's attention to it by 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 revealing it because of the way it might affect the victim. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like, and
0: it's not their story to tell and all that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. So like they're 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 there for the victim and will support them if 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 um, if this thing is going to be exposed, but they don't want to be the person to to expose it because it's they, not their place. Yeah, they don't own the trauma.
0: Yeah, and there's a sense that like Schultz is is a very canny subversion of the white savior character because he's set up as the white savior. He's the character who we're tradition to expect as the white savior, and then. He's the character who, despite the fact it doesn't affect him directly, leads to this horrible graphic mess of a situation that leads to Django having to step in and become, you know, assume the role of leadership and to basically become the the savior at the end of the narrative. Like, and I think that's a very canny, very clever writing from Tarantino. I think that's like it's much more nuanced than it initially appears. And I think Waltz is great in that. I
1: love the gore by the way in that scene. Like oh, it- are, in the movie in general. The gore, the, like the blood uh, in Tarantino movies are, is 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 never for me um, that good when you actually see it like on a person's skin. Yeah, it looks a little bit like um, it's, it's, some a little sort of... it's a little too red. It's a little
0: too corn syrupy. Like, a... and it feels very much like he's doing that retro exploitation sort of B movie type thing.
1: Yeah, like the the room room we're in, the walls are covered in blood, so we know what that looks like. The um, but but it, the, this this movie it's kind of slightly off.
0: It is. Well, I mean, there's the the recurring motif, and it's something that comes up again in Hateful Eight. There's this wonderful recurring visual motif in. Django, where you mentioned the gore and the viscera and there's lots of really great shots of people getting shot and the blood squibs sort of pouring out of them like the movie
1: starts that way yeah pretty much as well
0: yeah it's it's really graphic and like they just splatter blood splatters everywhere yeah um but there's a recurring motif in this and it comes up again in uh, hateful eight right where you get a lot of shots of blood splattering on white so and like it's most overt in, for example, the cotton field. Blood on
1: the, which, which is, which, I, 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 thought that was a really good um, shot because generally when you see blood on cotton, it's in the context. How many times do you see blood on cotton? I feel like it's almost a cliche, oh. and it's in, in, it, it's, it's, it's generally kind of like in the context of slavery, and that that it's a, it, it's a, it's a, metaphor, a black slave. Yeah. Um, being uh, being uh, whipped or or or, um, punished, beaten, or killed, and it's their blood on the cotton. Yeah. But in the 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 (laughs) great thing about the shot is that this is an oppressor's blood on the cotton.
0: Yeah. And the fact that it's yeah, it's somewhat kind of the people who would consider themselves to be most American. It's their blood on there. But it happens repeatedly throughout the film that you have blood splattering on white surfaces so you have it for example when king schultz shoots calvin yeah he shoots him not in the chest but through the white little uh rose on his lapel yeah and you get to see the blood seeping. yeah and you get to see it seep through <laughs> the, the, that you get the, the blood splattering on the white columns of the house and I, stuff
1: i really comedy bang bang have, have have these kind of recurring uh characters who 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 train horses to fight <laughs> And the names are Beba who Box and and Chico Hands. And then they have these horses who box and and, and uh Always, it's always to the death, <laughs> and there's always a horse dies at the end. We must have seen ten thousand horses die, and then I was watching this movie, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You get <laughs> so it. This now. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I always thought it was hilarious before, but now I understand how dark it is, and yeah, how twisted it is. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like dark enough when it was about horses that I realized that. Oh, right, right. This, this is, is kind what of, they're doing. Uh, yeah this this is like.
0: But, I mean, Tarantino does this, this like, red blood on white object imagery, like, in, in Hateful Eight as well, in a way that suggests the American flag, which is quite clever cool yeah. because you got the red and the white together, and it's a nice, colourful, you know, visual metaphor. It's maybe a little obvious, but, again, you're talking, like, a B-movie exploitation vibe, so it's actually, in some respects, quite artful. Yeah, is, is is Candy the hero of this movie? That is a question. Yeah, are we going to talk about Candy? We're going to talk <laughs> about Candy. The 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 um,
1: um, amazing something that I knew about this movie because it was on one of these um, silly little kind of YouTube videos where it's like times when um, when like
0: a, um, Leonardo DiCaprio should have won an Oscar. Yeah, the, where uh,
1: where where like a mistake got into a movie where he. A, Apparently he smashed uh, oh, yeah. a, a, a glass in that scene, and his hand is bleeding, and he just kind of uses it. I hope that's not his blood that he smears on <laughs> Kerry Washington's face, because it seems it seems like there's several letter points between then and and, and, the, and the point where he wipes on his face. But I I would I I would I would say that um, uh, from what we know about Tarantino, I'm and su- what we I'm, know about DiCaprio, I'm sure I'm sure Tarantino would say Kerry is fine. It's fine, it's just blood. Um,
0: What's the worst thing that could happen?
1: It's Leonardo DiCaprio. You don't yeah. think he's got AIDS, do you? That would be all over the news. Um,
0: why does Why does Quentin Tarantino speak like a 40s studio hair? Hair, see? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's going to be a great picture. Yeah. Uh, get that blood. <laughs> smeared all over your face. Um,
0: but yeah, oh, make him laugh. Because um, DiCaprio is DiCaprio's great in this. Like, DiCaprio is really, really good in this. Um, in terms of playing Calvin Candy, I would argue, like... There was a time in the 2000s when DiCaprio was making a very clear run for the Oscar. Right. Where DiCaprio wanted it so bad. So yeah. very, very bad. And he got a string of these performances. And I feel like this is my favorite of those, of that string. Yeah. I've, cause Cause... It's... And it's, it's,
1: um, it, he he plays it really well be- because it, it's very similar to who he is as a person, like in terms of politics and all that
0: sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um. But also because it's so close to his usual screen persona. No, <laughs> yeah. Look, that's the wonderful thing is that it's, no, it feels it, it, like it's, he's genuinely pushing himself as an actor to do terrific. it. It's terrific.
1: I do think Samuel L. Jackson has that just for the, like, who is this guy? Oh, well, like, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like the, that's Samuel L. Jackson. That is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. The, 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 this, this kind of, it, it it, it was, it was so kind of, it, 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 it's, sorry, what am I trying to say? It was such a transformation. Like, they, it was, it was, he had, like, created and, and stepped into this character. And so far, it's so much against
0: type as well. Because, yeah. I mean, like, Samuel Jackson's persona is generally that he is this strong-willed, like, you know, badass. He's the guy who's in charge. He's the guy yeah. who manages the situation. He's the guy who's in perfect control. And to see him play a house slave who is sniveling and who is, like... You know who presents himself as weak he's, and th- uh,
1: yeah, I mean he he's he he's like um, sassy and talks back and all that sort of stuff. But, but, but he's also like extremely um deferential and yeah.
0: extremely sycophantic as well. Yeah. And like like it's such it is a it's a performance that's very much because I remember watching this. This was a time, and like to be fair to Jackson, he he, he does good work. But he was also doing like a whole rake of blockbusters where he was appearing in very small roles where they didn't seem to push him very much. Yeah. This was a movie that sort of came well, out like, of He's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So like I, the, a
1: blockbuster, the, like his, his it, like the, the, he's he's one of the most highly paid um, uh, act, actors in Hollywood because these blockbusters will put him in the movie. Yeah. Um, and these are the movies that have all the money to yeah. spend. Yeah. So, no, like, no, I mean, like I, I, and I think if, if if he's getting offered that kind of money... You'd
0: be foolish to say
1: no. Exactly. And
0: But, I mean, I, I feel like it's sort of, like, I was worried that he'd sort of settled into that. You know the way that, like, Liam Neeson has sort of settled into doing Taken and stuff like that? Right. And I remember when I watched Django just being like, this is, this is amazing. I I, I had almost forgotten that he was yeah. capable of doing this. Because he was, like, in the early 90s, he was doing... I, so, I must like- admit,
1: I, 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 I was guilty of it too. Yeah. I, then I remembered oh, okay. oh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is a really good actor.
0: Yeah, he's he's like a really phenomenally great actor, and this is an amazing performance. <coughs> it's an amazing performance because it's so layered, it's so nuanced, and it's so unsettling. Like, the character of Stephen makes my skin crawl almost as much as the character of Calvin Candy, probably a little bit more. Because he really pushes outside the comfort zone, I think, of the audience in terms of expectations yeah. for a story like this. Because he is the head house slave. And you, you get a nice little setup when King Schultz and when Django are plotting to to get Brumilda back, and you know, Django's like a black slave or is the worst thing a black man could be, it's even lower than the head house slave. Um, and- the, yeah, it's it's
1: and, and and the kind of audience maybe expectation would be that at some point Stephen is going to switch sides,
0: or it's going to turn on Calvin, or something. Like That's that. what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and not even turn, the, on, not even like align with Django, but like try and push his own interests yeah. in terms of like escaping slavery or whatever. Yeah, um, but he he doesn't. He's and he's he's the last baddie to die. Yeah, he's the last baddie to die, and he's still very clearly, even after all the white folk are dead, he still seems invested in the institution of slavery. Like, as he's lying, dying, as he's watching the fuse go to the bomb, as he's been shot in the kneecap and is unable to escape, as he's, you know, buried Calvin Candy and watched Calvin Candy's creepy, incestuous sister, who don't worry, we're going to talk about later, um, as he's watched her get blown through the doorway, he's still shouting into the night about how Django can't destroy Candyland. Like, he's so invested in this idea of the master-slave relationship and slavery as an institution that he's he's committed to it. And that's really uncomfortable to watch as an audience, to see a black actor, particularly a black actor who is renowned for roles that are, like, so assertive and so strong, to play somebody who's bought so completely into this system that he's weaponized it. Like, he's internalized that racism. Yeah,
1: but I... I... I think I'm right in saying that um, Samuel L. Jackson is somebody who's comfortable with saying interesting things about race. Oh, yeah. And not just the kind of, um, like, strictly politically correct thing.
0: No. no, I mean he, the the great example. One of the great ex- one of the great Samuel Jackson stories is when he was doing interviews for SWAT, which is one of those forget right. yeah. forgettable blockbusters that we were talking about or alluding to there. With when he was Colin doing in- interviewed with um, with Sky News, and they were like, "Oh, what was it like working with R. Colin?" And he's like, "R. Colin?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, Colin Farrell." He's like, uh, "I thought Colin Farrell was Irish." It's like, "Well, we we sometimes we get to claim them," and he's like, "Oh, we had that too. It was called slavery." <laughs> Um which is like in the middle of a soft puff piece interview with a you British shot down
1: by Samuel L Jackson <laughs> yeah it's I, like uh, it, they, there was also a really great I, one with I, the Super sorry. Bowl
0: commercials where they're like, and we saw you in a Super Bowl commercial during the ad break and it's like, no, you didn't. you saw Lawrence Fishburne selling cars and you saw Morgan Freeman selling bank insurance so I don't think you saw me. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah the fact that he's willing to do that is is very much sort of to his credit and it's it's a phenomenal it is like it is one of it's probably the best performance in the film which is saying something given how stacked the and film is And we haven't even
1: done. spoken about we 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 spoken about Christoph Waltz we've teased a little bit um Leonardo DiCaprio we haven't even mentioned Jamie Foxx Jamie Foxx is incredible and and I I I think a a lot of Jamie Foxx's value in a movie, it's not not it's it's his charisma. Yeah, well, it's incredible. Like the, 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 the like he 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 is a great actor. He's he well he he's he, he's a very talented multi hyphenate. Oh yeah, because well, he's, he's a he's, he he's a comedian. Last... He's a musician. For he's... a little
0: while, he was the last Oscar winner to have a number one at the U.S. and U.K. charts because he was sampled on Gold Digger for his work on Ray yeah which Did is he... astounding
1: like yeah i i wonder if he's an egot does he would he have a would he have a... would, he, would he have a, would, he, he,
0: would he would have, have a, a t- he has an oscar would he have a tony yeah that's he would have going. an emmy
1: yeah does he Ed, have a grammy he i i would say he might have an emmy for um a deaf comedy jam oh okay possibly he has an oscar i believe he has a grammy
0: do you want me to check the fact machine to see if Jamie Fox? Has to, an ego? to see if he has a Tony? To see if he has a Tony? Oh, well, let's just be honest. Let's be sincere and check the the whole thing. So let then to the fact machine. Django. Django. And we're back from the fact machine. And
1: Jamie Fox has an Oscar. And, and two um, Grammys. Yeah. So he got an Oscar for Ray. He didn't get an Oscar for this movie. And he he got two Grammys for Gold Digger. And also for Blame It. Yeah. So in order to... Um, at the moment, um, he he has an OG. Um in, or- in order to ha- get an EGOT, he, he needs a Tony and an Emmy. Ah,
0: so, um, so get on that. I mean, come on, there has to be a prestige drama with Jamie Foxx.
1: They could make a musical
0: of this. <laughs> um, and it would work with you. Well, you know that Tarantino wants to make a miniseries of this. He has a four-hour cut of the film that he thought was just too much. Right, Um, And so his argument was that he'd do it as a four-hour miniseries uh, and release it overnight. I mean, there's a whole host of Quentin Tarantino projects that never quite developed. Reginald Hudlin, who produced this, who also wrote some of the Black Panther comics for Marvel, oversaw a comic book adaptation of the script. And uh, Tarantino consulted on a crossover with Django and Zorro in the comic books. Like, Tarantino has a whole rake of stuff that he would love to do with Django but never got round to. The Hateful Eight, for example, began as a novel. He wanted to write like a pulpy seventies style spin-off novel about right. what Django did after Django Unchained. And the Hateful ah. Eight began as that, with the character that Samuel Jackson and you know, inevitably in it played. Eventually, sorry, originally based on the character of Django, but then Tarantino was like this is too good an idea just to go on like a pulpy 70s style he, novel. He
1: wanted Django to be his George Smiley. <laughs> yeah, basically. Where, yeah. Of the,
0: of the shared universe sort of yeah. thing going on. But I mean, there there is like, and, and Tarantino never got around to it. I suspect we will never actually see that four hour miniseries version of Django Unchained. But it is, it's interesting how much it seems well, to inspired and shaped. What shape.
1: we will see will be a lot of um, subpar in inverted commas, um, Tarantino movies in, in like 30 or 40 years when he passes away. Because yeah. there will be all of this content that he's created that has never been oh, been, been released yeah, or like things that have Huberts been written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the
0: demos or the B-sides. Or yeah, it's,
1: it is, it's going to be coming out as a, as a hologram
0: at Lollapalooza. Well, you, you know that there's actually some discussion about that because Tarantino said he wants to make 10 films and he wants to be done at 10. And he's currently on eight, right? Okay. And so he's getting perilously well, he's, close to the end.
1: Yeah, he's getting quite impatient now. <laughs> he's, he's doing them at more of a, 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 a rate than he used well. to. But yeah. yeah
0: because there was a while like in the 2000s where he just sort of he took his time and ambled through them now can, he's just like i want to get to the end
1: can he choose to get rid of some of them in order to make up that 10 it's can like he ditch? i want it to be 10 but not that 10 yeah i feel like my yeah. 10 can be better yeah. if i just
0: uh, cut jackie brown don't cut jackie brown jackie brown's great yeah maybe uh kill bill volume Two. Oh, <laughs> them's fighting words andrew well the Kill Bill Volume 2 is one of the rare Tarantino films not on the 250, So I'll give you that. Yeah, Because um... Um, they are mostly on here. But the argument with getting to 10 is it's been suggested that Tarantino is looking at what he'll do after he gets to the 10. And one of the ideas that's been suggested is that the, the new Star Trek movie that he's directing and producing. Right. He would basically treat that sort of project as outside of his 10 canonical films. So after he does his 10 films, you'll see a lot of Tarantino. Tarantino directs a Star Wars film. Tarantino directs a Marvel film. Tarantino James Bond. directs a Yeah, James Bond. He, film. He, his
1: name, I feel like his name has been mentioned a lot in uh, in years gone by in relation to James Bond. Well,
0: he he wanted to at some stage. Now, keep in mind, this is Tarantino talking, so you don't know how much truth to put into it. He wanted to do Casino Royale with Pierce Brosnan. Right. Um, and then when they hired Daniel Craig, he was like, sod it, I'm not interested. And then apparently the Broccoli's were like... "We." We, he, we didn't know he was interested at all. And Pierce Brosnan was like, oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's an element oh, of Tarantino. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well. <yeah. laughs> um, but there's an element of Tarantino talking up projects that he never actually plans to deliver on, uh, which is kind of fun and kind of interesting and makes it all the more surprising when he does turn them out a decent and clip
1: in between, because uh, he's he's making movies more often now. Because it used to be that between movies he would go back to working at Blockbusters, <laughs> <laughs> but and, and now that there's no longer such a thing,
0: he's got nothing to do with yeah. his spare time. Well, he would also do things like direct for television. Like he directed some CSI, he directed he'd, some Eeyore Or and stuff like that. He'd
1: write some Hunt for Red October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly. Um they're having a conversation on a nuclear submarine about the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and you're
0: like, I um, wonder who possibly could have written this conversation yeah. in the context. But I mean but I I think that to get to get back to talking about Stephen, which was what we were originally talking about, like there is something confrontational in the character and something that very it's very unsettling watching it. Like my skin yeah. my skin crawled when I first saw it and it crawled again tonight when he showed up. Because it gets to something that is at the core of the narrative that Tarantino alludes to and dances around and, and kind of struggles with, which is the question of how slavery perpetuates itself and how yeah. people.
1: And, I, yeah. I, how, go for it. I, I think it's not just slavery. I think it's also the, the there's, there's a question asked, why don't they just kill us?
0: That's it. Exactly. That's the question Calvin asks. You know what I used yeah. to ask every day when I was growing up? Why don't they just kill it? There's us? a kind
1: of a, um, a suggestion of al- almost like a com- complicity. complicity, yeah, uh,
0: which is a, a,
1: or, a, a, or like a complacency about the situation. It, 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 that n- not everyone is is born to break down walls yeah. and um, de- disrupt uh, society, and create the kind of world that they um, that they want for their children and grandchildren. People generally, people sometimes don't think on those levels, yeah. and even when they do think on those levels, don't do anything about
0: it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm willing to fess up. Like, I'm not, I'm not. I would probably, in those situations, live with my circumstances. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not a hero. I'm under no illusion as to that. I mean, people adapt to I, the worst situations. That is who people are.
1: I like I, I'm
0: sorry. people can get used to living under just about anything.
1: I would like to think that I would. um, uh, be the the no i I was going i was i was going to say i would i would i would um i would um like to think that i would do something but there's so much bad things in the world happening right now that i'm doing nothing about yeah so I can't really say oh I'd like if I, I I would like to think that if I were there in <laughs> in, in the situation. time of the civil war that I would have um have, have done something and about dismantled it the system. I, 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 pr- I would probably do like equally as little as I do now well, I mean this so. is
0: this is arguably like Tarantino's viewpoint we talked about we talked about Inglorious Bastards where like Tarantino's Attitude is very much an aggressive, you dismantle a system that's broken, you tear it apart, you tear it down. Like, the proper, like, the good German in in Inglorious Bastards is the guy who strangles SS commanders in their sleep, you know, who shoves their fists down their throat. That's a good German in Quentin Tarantino's world of Inglorious Bastards. It's like, the person who doesn't stand by and perpetuate a horrific and and impossible system. And they
1: they subvert, he subverts the idea, the expectation of the good German as well, which uh, Daniel Bruehl's character. Yeah. it, It turns out, no, that's a, that's a myth. (laughs)
0: yeah that's a bit of a he is a jerk Um, yeah he's not a nice guy yeah he he plays a nice guy he's got a kind of convincing little uh, performance going on but he's not really he's just an entitled jackass underneath it all and there's an element
1: of I wonder if Daniel Brühl got in touch to say (laughs) "Uh, I see you're doing another movie and there's a German in it um (laughs) <laughs> uh, um, there's there's uh, oh I mean, now, now i'm imagining
0: a version of, of sort of could uh, there be gender. two germans in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe king Schultz. Oh, we do a have this
1: character brunhilde maybe i could know her she's actually african american what <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing
0: here what's happening um but there is like there is an element of catharsis in the slavery revenge narrative of Django there's an element of like wanting to to rewrite history and wanting to be righteous and wanting to be violent about it like Mm. there's the ending of of Django Unchained has like as much as as much as like as you know Stephen shouts about not being able to demolish Candyland that's exactly what a Django does. And it's it's a very conscious echo of the Ending Glorious Bastards where I, they blow up the cinema. It's I, like he straps dynamite to the foundations of this gigantic great house and literally blows it apart.
1: Some something I really like in Django is Tarantino's treatment of of, of himself. Yes. Be- because when it started I was like, oh, Christ there is there a a it's going to be a road. rubbish rubbish uh, a cameo when i saw him on screen i was thinking uh, like tarantino you you're not a you're not a very good actor get out of this movie um, why are you doing an australian accent yeah yeah and i, I was like oh god I, I, like this movie was almost like um was was uh, I, I was really in, in in enjoying it and thinking like this is better than inglorious bastards because it's perfect <laughs> um, uh, and, the, and and then this happened but then the the, the, the ways just dispatched I thought was it was, was, was Where he's was
0: carrying some dynamite he's carrying some dynamite, dynamite and he shocked. gets
1: blown up yeah and and, and I, I I liked it and I like it even more now when I think in terms of like Tarantino is writing an angry movie about slavery, but I feel like what that's saying is that if 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 Tarantino were physically Tackling slavery in in in, 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 in the in lead the, up to the civil war, in, yeah, in in the civil war, and uh, uh, say I, as a Union soldier, you <laughs> would, I, I, yeah, <laughs> get blown was, up, Gary, like immediately, away. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, well, that that's that, the argument that, it, and yeah. it was, it was it was because because it's a very kind of like a, a kind of like a vain thing, I guess, for for him to put himself in his movies, but it it, it was perfect a way to kind of like Cut through that by having him just like blown up.
0: I feel like that's that's we talked about that with like King and Schultz it, being the this Carantino stand and having the same thing happen to him. Yeah, much. and I I, like-
1: I appreciate that the reason he does it, I imagine, is so he can have it, it, because he enjoys it. Yeah, and it's 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 it it was it was it was it was fun, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's an argument there as well. Like when we talk about the Good German, and when we talk about like Calvin Candy asking like why don't they just murder us all. Um, yeah it feels like in some ways the death of like king schultz and like the sort of the you know is very much a criticism of that viewpoint because schultz embodies a sort of a sense of moral absolutism that's very much in keeping with like tarantino's perspective in saying glorious bastards like the bit where they're going to execute uh smithy bacall and Django's like but his son is right there and and like um smith you know uh Schultz's response is that's better than he deserves. You know, Spinny Bacall wanted to rob stagecoaches and didn't didn't care if he had to murder people to do it. Like you know, Schultz believes that moral absolutism is the core of the universe. Mm. Whereas on the other hand, Django has a much more nuanced perspective where Django's primary objective is to get out of there with Broomhilde. Yeah. Like and and when that, you know, when the opportunity it's presents a Siegfried. Yeah. He wants to get out of there. He doesn't care how it happens. All he just wants is for his own suffering and the suffering of his wife to be over. He doesn't really, you know, care about dismantling slavery as an institution.
1: And he's an awesome character. He's a fantastic his, character his, his, and he's a hero. His single-mindedness and, like, his badassery. Yeah. Like, when he says, I like the way you die, boy. Yeah it's and fantastic. And it's like like his delivery is is is, feel is, like... is 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 amazing. Sorry, I'm not going to get into the habit of of impersonating his delivery. But, it, uh... it becomes more problematic <laughs> if if you're impersonating a person of color. But there there were so many there were so many good lines in it. They're, 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 great they're, moments. But I the thing about why, why don't they just kill us? That could equally apply apply to poor people. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Why is there income inequality when they could just like kind of come into or uh, uh, when 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 like I I could uh, j- just um, get get an- enough people or people who are poorer than me could get enough people or yeah. yeah. And then again, the, the, well, the,
0: there's this recurring theme throughout the film of society as performance,
1: and yeah. like
0: it's it's very much there. In
1: there's, I wonder if there's a social media platform perfect. <laughs> Kill all the others. <laughs> yes. um, well, that was an episode of where you get, K- 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 get a group.
0: Yeah, Philip K. Dick's, um, what was it called? Electric Dreams, literally called Kill All Others. Um, which huh? is, yeah, uh, which is very much about how we bring people together in order to villainize other people. That was the,
1: the old kind of um, racist joke from what's his name, that racist Manchester uh, comedian who was particularly bad. who was. He was uh, but he he, he
0: had he, the cap. He was blue or something like that. I don't. No,
1: remember. no, that's not. Uh, You're thinking of Roy Chubby Brown. Yes, I, I was thinking of. of I, is is Bernard Matthews the man who makes chicken Kiev's, or, or is that <laughs> Bernard Bernard Manning? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Shall
0: I go to the fact machine to check that?
1: But Andrew? but it, but he he like one of his more yes, famous jokes Bernard is Manning. we 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 sh, we um all all uh races all religions all like um nationalities should all uh, get together and like uh uh what was this like I don't i I guess he would change the punchline um depending but he might say like and beat up the Pakistanis or, or beat up the like like the, 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 where 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 the joke is kind of um we should all we should all come together to hate other people to hate somebody else yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean one of the things about Django is there's this very strong emphasis on performance that runs through it. Like there's this idea that yeah that every that life and society is basically it's governed by these rules. And it's it's a surprisingly nuanced take for a Tarantino film that is all about violence and brutality, about paying back violence with violence, about retrous, you know, sort of righteous retribution. You know, yeah. outside of the, the system. But there's a lot of emphasis on the roles that people play and what's expected of them and the conventions and the rules that are imposed on them and the govern interactions that like perpetuate the system of slavery. Like So, for example, you know Schultz is talking to Django about the importance of staying in character, how we're going to play roles and how we have to behave in certain ways in accordance with those roles. And there's a sense that that is how slavery perpetuates itself because Stephen is the very embodiment of that because Stephen plays all these different roles and he changes depending on who he's talking to. So when he's out in front of everybody interacting with Calvin oh he's the goofy house slave who just repeats things that Calvin says when he's alone with Calvin he sips brandy and has like oh thank you Stephen you're welcome Calvin when he's interacting with Brumilda he's like oh I'm in a much more authoritative position yeah. than you and there's this and aspect uh, that plays throughout and
1: did you notice at the end of the movie as well he drops when the cane he drops the cane and, and uh, stands up straight
0: yeah because that was just an act that he was putting on in order to make Calvin feel more comfortable and to make himself seem more innocuous than he really was. I do if, like that if Django he had, If He had
1: pulled off his facial prosthesis <laughs> yeah. And I say it's me. Yeah. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have travelled through time
0: and become <laughs> dislocated and I had to make my way as an actor. I do like that the moment though he drops the cane and reveals that he can walk perfectly fine and stand perfectly straight, Django <laughs> responds by kneecapping him. Um, but there is there is that <gasps> element. I never got
1: to use my knees.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd just gotten used to the idea of having them again. But there is this element element of performance that plays through it which is very effective I think mm. in some way shape and form and I think it hints at what Tarantino's getting at about this idea of how slavery perpetuates itself because you have we're going to get Freudian in here Andrew Tarantino's films about racism and in particular his films about white people and racism right tend to come back very very frequently to the idea of sexual insecurity and it, it happens here as well where like um <laughs> When for, okay, well, even before the obvious scene, there's the moment where uh, one of the house slaves is showing Django around Big Daddy's property. And it's like, you know, oh, that's the big house. Big Daddy calls it that because it's big. And it's all about, like, adequacy and about statement, about, you know, sort of asserting himself. But there's the moment where they threaten to geld um, Django. Yeah. And, like, Stephen, who is, like, the, you know, only other, like, the, the black person who is in on these what-are-we-going-to-do-at-Django meetings is basically like... Yeah, these, these white people who have never had a good idea in their lives, who've never had a thought in their heads, they're really fixated on the idea of castrating you. And there's this sort of like Freudian stuff that plays through it. And it happens, it comes up again in Hateful Eight. Yeah. There's this fixation on, like Samuel Jackson at one point provokes the other characters into action by using various euphemisms for his penis. And I wonder, like, there's something... Tarantino is at once being very like cheeky juvenile and sort of provocative it's like ooh penises and and you know sort of male like inadequacy in feelings and stuff like that. Why?
1: Are, are do Is there a thing that black people have bigger penises?
0: But it was more that I was... Um, I was
1: trying to make Darren feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think there's actually scientific evidence to back that up, despite the obvious prevalence of that uh, particular urban myth. And I suspect that Tarantino is referencing it. But it's did, also... Did it,
1: like, uh, was it Gareth from The Office, where it's like, no, 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 I've, 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 I've read magazines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that stayed perfectly clearly. I mean, there, there is, though, I give Tarantino more credit than just being a juvenile provocateur here. Yeah. And I think that he's hinting at an inadequacy that is psychological and, like, a basis of racism that is psychological that you see a lot today. And, like, it's telling that, for example, the, the alt-rights catchphrase for people who are, you know, other or people who are, like, progressive is cuck. Yeah uh, and that sort of thing. And there's a, a telling that like the big signs that were going around um at the you know at Charlottesville or wherever at during all those protests carried by the KKK and stuff where you will not replace us and stuff like that. There's an element of being afraid of the virility. Yeah. Almost of other nationalities and ethnicities and th- that's inherent to racism.
1: And in this movie there's this kind of fascination even from Calvin about like um aren't they amazing and yeah, you know, bodies, I, uh, and, yeah. look at look at look at the amount. Look, um, like it's like look how great they are at fighting. Look how strong they are, and and um, look how much uh, punishment they can take.
0: Yeah, and look at the skin. Have you seen this? This is a curiosity. Look at her yeah. skin. Take the and there is a lot of that in there, and it it. I think Tarantino's getting at that when he's. I think it's actually surprisingly candid. Look at racism because I mean whatever about like socioeconomics and stuff. It seems to suggest
1: like is there something safe about like say movies like Selma that look at racism because everybody knows that is uh, like Martin Luther King Jr. It was 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 a great force for good in 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 America and helped helped uh, um, kind of. uh,
0: Guide the way, and yeah, sort of like and in, in and terms of the
1: civil rights mu- uh, movement, also in terms of other issues. So like that's not there's nothing really controversial about that. But it, you, you you um I suppose did if it Tarantino is not going to make a movie that's uncontroversial, yeah. he's and gonna I, he's gonna push people's buttons.
0: And I think that's a very pointed button to push when it comes to racism is this idea of a very sexual violence or very sexual inadequacy in some way at the root of it. And I mean, maybe it's not sexual, maybe it's just reproductive or maybe it's to do with ownership or maybe it's like, Tarantino is very clearly pushing Freudian buttons and I think yeah, sort of, and it's, it's no coincidence.
1: This, yeah, there, there's like, um, sorry go on
0: and you know because you you look at the rhetoric of people in the alt-right and you look at these sort of like modern proponents of ethno-states and stuff like that and they're very much in the style of they're concerned about birth rates among you know certain ethnicities and populations and they're concerned about demographics like for example trump voters are more likely to be concerned than non-trump voters by the fact that uh, whites will be a minority in the united states by 2045 uh, which is an, an element of that, which is an element of suggesting that, you know, other populations are growing faster than, you know, white Christian America. And, and therefore questions of are they more virile and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Tarantino too much credit, but I think the no, psychological I, buttons I, he's pushing are quite pointed. I think there,
1: there's def- are- there's definitely stuff like 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 that there. And I guess the question remains whether it is, as you say, Kind of, uh, just almost, kind of childish or kind of
0: juvenile, juvenile yeah, sort of, like like where the urban where
1: you alluded to where where the Samuel L. Jackson is like, oh, she 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 enjoys those uh, those Mandingo fighters, yeah. When she when 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 he's talking about Brunhilde. and there is a kind of a suggestion is like, oh, I I I I I, I think she prefers. Um, django to um king as well yeah
0: yeah no so so it is and i mean it is kind of interesting to think about sort of in that respect and i mean it is is it we're talking about the historical aspect of the film no not at all
1: i mean because um, <laughs> I, I yeah I, I mean why not it, it we, i i guess we we've talked a lot about the kind of um the movie as so so far as it applies to to slavery and and like the, this the i mean it's it, it's 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 a mo- like this isn't a i don't think it's a love story well, I mean, um, well brumhilda
0: and- is arguably the biggest issue with the film and that brumhilda is and it's probably one of the reasons why i'm not as fond of it as i am of say Inglorious Bastards or The Hateful Eight yeah, is because I, does, I, I guess doesn't feel like a character she no. feels more like an objective
1: Tarantino is having a hard time pleasing everyone <laughs> <laughs> um, as it is like I promise the next movie I make will have a strong female character and uh, or, or, uh, like like Okay, now I've done a strong female <laughs> character. I'm going to make two two movies with strong uh, African American yeah, characters. characters, and then I promise I'll do one with the strong woman uh, who like Jackie Brown. American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Okay. so Jackie Brown is his best movie, yeah.
0: <laughs> logically by these yeah. metrics. No, but I I think it's more a narrative thing in that you never get a sense of who Bramilda is beyond like the obvious need to reunite um, Django with her.
1: The, the, we can't know who she is because that would spoil the movie. Like, like, like the, the, the whole thing is that it's a journey movie to get to her. And she does haunt the narrative. to see if she's
0: even still alive. Yeah, and she does haunt the narrative appearing like in various visions and fields guiding Django along the way. The mythic tale of Siegfried and Brumilda. Also, and I, the, like, if,
1: if, it feels like it's maybe an unfair comment to make in in a way because she has so so little in in this movie. But I'm not convinced Carrie Washington was very good. But I think she she, she she had did it worked really well in this movie because she, there there were there were, there was a kind of a timidity. Which made sense in in well, given in, 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 in the changed context changed. of she she's a um, she's a persecuted slave who who wants to escape yeah um, and who has and been and subjected to horrific things she's been yeah. which,
0: she's been locked in a box she's been beaten she's been presumably assaulted as well like, yeah I mean it's
1: not but I, I, I it, it wasn't a remarkable performance in in, no, well, in, in, in terms of like it, it, it like it, it it was very it was very. It's very understated, and but I I I kind of watched it, and I wasn't convinced that 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 she would be like
0: capable of more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if like,
1: if if you were going to make, and I I might be completely wrong, I but mean, that, like, that's just the kind of the, the 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 sense that I had about it
0: well I mean I, I tend to think Tarantino is very, very, very good at casting and very, very good at directing actors. The point where many actors' films are films where they worked with Tarantino. Like I would argue John Travolta has never been better than he was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know. Take that phenomenon. Um, <laughs> but I mean you know, and he has this capacity to get great performances Michael. Out of actors. And yeah, and, and even God, remember what he did when he wasted all of that potential. Face off, broken arrow. He was great. In face face off, off is great. He is. great. I will not hear a bad word said <laughs> about face off.
1: Face but, off. Uh, yeah, yeah but face it's off. difficult though for him to compete with Cage in that movie, though. But it, it is like, really good, the, though. Like
0: I would argue, is like, better than Cage in Face Off because when because, he's, he's because
1: playing he's playing Cage. He, yeah, he he gets to <laughs> the 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 part when it's Travolta playing Travolta is not really no. that compelling but when it's Travolta <laughs> playing Cage it's, it's amazing yeah and it's like gotta, gotta rail your wife it's unshackled um, it's yeah, just optimistic um, I, I gotta like b- I b- b- go. make out with your daughter in some <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> um,
0: I hate uh, to see you go but i love to watch you leave uh, but yeah I think Tarantino though has a knack for casting and I don't think he would have cast Washington where she not Tarantino
1: Nicolas Cage movie has that happened
0: that needs to happen yeah some because I mean that would be because it's getting
1: to the point now where people like forget that Nicolas Cage is good Um,
0: (laughs) Nicolas Cage just staring at his oscar as he accepts the script for he was quite good in mom and dad yeah but he's not gonna win any
1: oscar and
0: dad (laughs) they called a saw all because it's so <laughs> oh um, an actual line from the film he's great um, but yeah there's some um, there is that aspect of like Tarantino being so good at casting i mean even here small roles for like don johnson who i like don johnson a lot but he's so well meticulously he's, like the bit where the slave is asking him exactly how he should treat Django. yeah and he's like, like don't treat him like a white fella but don't treat him like a slave. He is,
1: yeah. That that is so true that he's an actor's actor because, like, an actor's it, director, it, an, an, an actor's director. So, because it makes you wonder. It, it, it like when you see Don Johnson in this movie, you're like, is Don Johnson really good?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> but Don why Don isn't
1: Johnson he in more? stuff all yeah. the time if he's this good? Yeah. Um,
0: and it happens quite frequently with tarantino movies yeah you've got like robert foster as well as a similar one of those where he's he's grand generally he's got a lot of presence but like he's never been as good as he was in jackie brown Mm. even Pam greer who has presence to burn and is like really great at playing a particular kind of role has never been as great as she was in jackie brown yeah and i mean travolta is another example i mean yeah
1: yeah the um It's 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 weird actually to put Robert De Niro in, in a Tarantino movie because <laughs> it's like um, yeah let's see if Tarantino can uh, can get something out of this Robert De Niro guy yeah I mean he's never um.
0: done anything worth note to this point. <laughs> what a bizarre combination that is because doesn't he play a stoner um yes. if I remember correctly, which is just such a weird like late robert de niro performance um <laughs> because it's before bad grandpa but i mean in <laughs> terms of the treatment of history in in here because there's a lot of debate about what how much tarantino speaking
1: sorry i i just want to, going back to carrie washington i did like her clapping to explosions Yes, <laughs> I, 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 thought that little kind of like moment there was 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 it was beautiful. Was, wasn't it? Yeah, there were, there, were, there, were, there was the there was there was there was something really kind of interesting about her that um that kind of way she performed that.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the bit with the horse um, afterwards, like the Django, where he where he gets the horse. Yeah, it's like yes, they just blew up this house that is a representation. Doing this dressage. Yeah. Like. <laughs> when did he have time to train the horse to do that? Did, uh, presumably because like, it's the same horse he stole from how, the. Uh, I,
1: imagine another movie where he's not very good at shooting because he got he spent all his time like <laughs> getting the, the horse, horse to do stuff. Yeah, it is like. Um, I'll I'll use the horse to fight. Yeah, um, <laughs> and there we go, much yeah. like the
0: Mandingo fighting. You know that there's actually very little record of Mandingo fighting outside of Pulp Fiction, outside of sort of Pulp, which obviously inspired Tarantino. The logic being that um, if you bought a slave, you had invested money in them. Yeah, and therefore you were less likely to do things like you know have them fight and possibly cripple and injure one another. In ah, if you're way. cheap,
1: like if you're <laughs> yeah, no I mean, crack.
0: Yeah, if you got no, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, to, sorry. Jesus. Um, to coke, and it. candy, what's the point in having a slave who speaks German if you can't wheel them out? Uh, but I mean there is there is a lot of stuff in there, like for example, the the you know, the, the black man riding a horse being treated as a big surprise, or even the the justifiers, the appearance of the KKK two two or three years before they were actually founded. Yeah. Even though Tarantino's argued they're meant to be like a prefiguring organization. But I, I actually don't mind any of that historical criticism because it's not yeah. a historical film. It's more no, it's not. about the movie. You can't
1: have an anachronism in like the Lone Ranger. Yeah, because it's, it's it's not history. Yeah,
0: in the same way that like Inglorious Bastards isn't inaccurate because Hitler gets his brain shot out.
1: Yeah, um, and the, well,
0: okay, by somebody who isn't him. But anyway, yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, it's interesting though. Like, like at what point does something become like a dramatization of historical events? Like the the can you criticize the um Titanic for all its uh, anachronisms? Yeah, because it's not a, a movie of, uh, like a, it's it's it's, it's, it's not a, a it's documentary about a, no. the sinking of the Titanic. Yeah,
0: I mean, what well, this is this is the argument is that but if it
1: were just a dramatization, but it was trying to keep true to kind of um the
0: events. Well, I mean, there there is like
1: and it, w- it wouldn't be a very good dramatic movie, <laughs> yeah, probably um,
0: because drama doesn't really happen. It's and like I'm,
1: what 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 time do you want to go to dinner for oh, maybe six six and it may, and like if if we're there for quarter to six it starts at six so it's like well can we be late i and mean these we... are the next 90 minutes in Andrew's <laughs> yeah.
0: mumblecore mumble classic exactly um, but I mean, the the argument i read a very interesting argument about this which is that like Despite the fact that Tarantino wasn't as preoccupied with the particulars of history as, say, Lincoln, which was based on the book Team of Rivals, or Twelve Years a Slave, which was based on the true story. Yeah. He, in some ways, captured the spirit of it. Like, he was true to the reality of the violence and brutality. And then, like, this is the argument, is that Lincoln and even Twelve Years a Slave were prestige pieces, and so they existed at a distance from the violence that was subje- that the slavery that slaves were subjected to, whereas because Django is an exploitation film, it can it can basically linger on on the violence and the horror. And there are violent scenes in this that are horrific yeah, to watch. Like, yeah, really I found
1: it very hard I, to stare at the screen. I, I can't remember what exactly was the one that really.
0: Um, was it the two slaves fighting the Mandingo fighting before the hammer comes yeah, out or was it yeah. the Mandingo fighter getting torn apart by dogs which is the one I that think Schultz
1: sees I think it was the Mandingo fight because um, well, that's that, the first that was time before really like yeah. the, um, the, the the dogs the dogs I think that it, it, I, by um, living in the generation <laughs> that I do I had already become desensitised by the time the dog came out I was <laughs> like okay how quickly we adapt <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: but I mean There is something to be said for the idea of, like, capturing the truth of an experience without capturing the truth of history in some respects. Yeah. In that, like, Tarantino's saying something that's important and relevant. And the fact that he's doing it through the language of exploitation cinema, where he can get away with being more violent and more excessive and more gratuitous. Because the horrors of, like, atrocities like, say, the Holocaust and, like, say, slavery. Yeah. Are almost impossible to fathom we talked about this when we did um hotel rwanda Rwanda. where it's like you read the accounts of these events and they're worse than your imagination your imagination is quite bad because you're left alone with it and you you imagine that whatever you imagine has to be worse than what people are capable of at their very best because of like you know laws of like civility laws of circumstance you know Basic human decency. And then you read it and you're like, this is horrifying. How did somebody fathom to do this to another human being? And I feel like while you do need to treat things like slavery and the Holocaust with respect and with veneration and to, you know, to to be true to the historical reality of them, there's also a point at which you're being true to, I don't want to say the emotional reality of them, but like the visceral reality quality of them the violence of them the the brutality of them the exploitation aspect yeah. of them you know i mean i feel like
1: you're, yeah you're 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 kind of um conjuring or or you're you're um helping people to fathom yeah exactly almost Cause so. the, the bare facts don't really communicate yeah
0: like, the, and again, like
1: f- if you say uh, well, this is the Stalin 2 million 20 million 23 million 230 million people are are, are are whatever number you pick out that's that's shocking in a way but when you see a person uh, another human de- being. depicted being tortured or, or or whatever it is then it's 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 it becomes it's, tangible it's, it does and yeah. and
0: there's something very very affecting in that and another thing that it kind of had
1: in common with um Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards was that when we t- spoke about Inglorious Bastards, we talked about the shots where it goes above the kind of stage. You yes. know? There was a moment in the movie where there was blood on the camera.
0: Yeah. And there's several that where it draws attention yeah. to the unreality of what you're witnessing almost. Exactly. And I mean, there there are a lot of elements of that. There are a lot of stylistic stuff. There's a lot of flashbacks, and
1: and that kind of uh, ties into as well what you were saying about like this is not a a piece of historic because it's very obvious that it's that that this isn't a a a historical drama because of how clear it's being that like this is a this is a movie this is a piece of fiction and I mean
0: it's very much structured in the style of a western right down to the Ennio Morricone theme the the theme song with the main character's name in it the you'll be the quickest gun in the south It, it is very much coded in terms of genre as much as it is is reality it's it's more about the imaginary sort of psychological history of america you know the cultural history like the fantasy history of america as it is about the real thing and it's about acknowledging that maybe slavery and violence and this sort of horrific brutality that is a a part of the real american history needs to be incorporated into this cultural or psychological or imaginary like american cultural landscape that we fathomed you know yeah so it's like it it's very much about repurposing the imagination of the Western, like, the language of American frontier history, I think, in some respects, in some ways, shapes, or forms. Like, Candyland is very much a metaphor for the United States, right down to, like, there's a sense at the end with the demolition of of Candyland is pretty much, like, the only way to really make peace or to reconcile with, like, the corrupt systems built upon slavery and oppression is to just blow them up is that when you're confronted with these horrors do you not just want to tear down the system and watch it crash yeah, around you
1: the 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 only way to kind of destroy the, the to destroy the system is to is is to kind of lie to people as as, as in um if you don't um tell a, a like it's like like the um you know the pygmalion of, of effect i was reading about this recently oh, no. where the- where but it, there, there was there was a case apparently where this was for 40 or 50 years ago i think now where a i think it was like a harvard researcher went we sure we put it up in the show notes but i'll, I'll tell my yeah. kind of your, your recollection of, of story, it yeah a researcher went into a i think it was an elementary school and administered these kind of intelligence tests and then provided the results. And the results were surprising to the teacher because they had um, they didn't realize that there were these really highly intelligent uh, children in the classroom. And the thing about the results of the test were that they were completely false. Interesting. But the test was held a year later. And the actual results from the first test were compared to the actual results for the second test because the teachers had... Had uh, believed, uh, believed that this uh, child child had huge potential. Um, had they, devoted attention yeah. to
0: them and had sort of like yeah had basically nurtured them.
1: Yeah, but it, it, like like you you can't it, and and that's that's a big issue when it comes when 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 it comes to race because you, you 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 so like a lot a lot of institutionalized inequality when it comes to 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 racism is is in how white people unconsciously uh, treat people of color without without realizing that they're doing it so say their expectations of people are lower yeah. and and depending on what role that person plays and, and not just of white people it's 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 it, it this it informs all yeah as in you could have a you could have a person of color um, having um higher expectations for 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 a white child based on um not only them being white but their socioeconomic background yeah uh, so it's very difficult to 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 break these things down
0: and I mean you could argue that there's an element of that in what we we're talking about with the the performance that plays or the theme of performance that plays Through the film. Like, it is characters playing roles and living up to and out of expectations. Like, Django playing the role of a black slaver, where he's interacting with other slaves Mm. and telling them, you know, not to look at him or else they'll get a boot heel in the eye and stuff like that. Yeah. And there is this sort of sense of, yeah, if you play into these roles, how different is it than actually being those roles, if that makes sense? How, yeah. If you're perpetuating these circumstances, like, i think i think um you don't necessarily
1: become the person you're pretending to be but that becomes part of who you are you're like your are you're, you're, you're one's one's act um if it's practiced um too often can i don't think it it can it can either become your character or it can become a a, a large part of your character
0: um but yeah i mean i i think that's a large part of 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 what the, the movie is and what the movie is saying. I mean, is there anything else that we want to talk about with regards to Django Unchained?
1: No, I think, I think we're going to have some pizza. Um,
0: <laughs> this also works. Um, um,
1: to, should should we, uh, should we plug, should <laughs> we tell people what we're having? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we plug the pizza that we're
0: having here? Um, well, no, I mean, okay, well, with that in mind, then we are going to segue uh, neatly out of here. We're going to pick what we're going to talk. Well, actually, first of all, we're going to take a look at the, what's in and what's out of the in because we haven't done this in a, in a little while. Doing one. an
1: in and out chart.
0: We're doing an in and out chart. Why do you look so out? It's
1: it's, it's not what you think.
0: <laughs> and you can tell that Andrew's heart is totally in this <laughs> <laughs> um, at this time of, uh, of recording. So let's take a look and see what's come in and what's gone out of the list over the past month.
1: Uh, I, I've, I've had a, I've, I've had a long day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you have indeed, primarily uh, of your own making. Yeah, exactly. So we've had four movies come in and four movies go out. So in terms of movies that have dropped off the list, "Call Me by Your Name," which we covered as a new entry, is dropped out. Uh, yes, which is, which yeah. Is shame.
1: Sorry if you to follow that. us on on Twitter, you you may have already learned this. If you're not aware of "Call Me by Your Name" um, dropping out of the IMDb 250, then you need to pay more attention to our Twitter page. Thank you. Stop Andrew. Stop being a fake fan.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Uh, but interesting, yeah. So that means that in effect, um, the only uh, movie that the only the only Best Picture nominee from this year that's still in the two hundred and fifty is Three Billboards.
1: Yeah, and I think I've said before I don't think it's a strong uh, e- a year, and that's without without seeing all of the. I uh, haven't intense, seen Lady Bird. I, I really did. I I I think I've said earlier on. I. I really do like Phantom Menace. Uh, Phantom, Phantom Menace with Daniel Day Lewis yeah. as Darth Maul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't think you could ever cast Daniel Day Lewis as a villain because of what he would actually do. Um, there have been a string of unsolved murders while Daniel Day Lewis is like, getting that Daniel,
1: Men- you can't change your face back after you do that to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: Why would you get those prosthetic horns installed? Yeah. Um, um, also dropping out. Um, um, is something that only came in the last time we did the chart, which was La Legenda de Pianista Sul Oceano, or The Legend of 1900, which the is... La Legenda
1: the... del Pianista Sul Oceano. Thank you, <laughs> um, that's, that's much better. Uh, that's, from... uh, that, that's me kind of mugging it a little bit, if I'm being honest.
0: That's uh, Giuseppe Tornatoro's <laughs> 1998 film starring Tim Roth.
1: The Legend of 1900." yeah for some reason in english
0: well i mean the the legend of the ocean pianist probably doesn't have quite the same we, ring in english. we may That's have like, discussed we it. may have discussed this already dropping out and kind of sad to see it go is the handmaiden which we discussed with graham day and Grace stuff late last year a
1: great movie
0: it is a great movie it's really enjoyable really
1: really weird uh movie er- erotic thriller. Se- actually. sexy movie yeah <laughs> um, no, 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 an erotic thriller, but not in the in not the in style the that we were used to it. in the nineties. Yeah. No,
0: and also dropping out is uh, the Battle of Algiers, uh, which is interesting because that was also a that's been in now quite a bit. Um, is that
1: also an Italian movie? Oh no, it's well, a it's, French movie. Yeah, it's what is er, 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 well.
0: It is Italian in French, um, ah. and it is. It's a, a fascinating film. It's it's generally regarded as one of the first naturalistic war movies. Um, and I'm actually kind of disappointed. I haven't actually seen it. I would love to see it. And it's, I may actually have to watch it outside the podcast now, which just, that Don't doesn't Don't do seem, it. Yeah, why would you ever so, watch a movie outside? Back
1: um, is IMDb 250's Gangs of Wassipur.
0: Which you may know from the IMDb 250. <laughs> yeah. Also back is... Pirates of like, the
1: Caribbean. I mean, just the Curse of thought- the Black Pearl this time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like all the other times exactly um but i feel i like yeah. the fact that you thought you've gotten rid of it just when you think you've gotten rid of pirates of the caribbean there must be at least one pirates of the caribbean movie in the 250 also back in is uh tangerines uh which we may or may not have discussed by the time you're hearing this podcast because it's been in now quite a bit yeah this is it's, the estonian uh,
1: schrodinger's podcast you may or may not have listened to this podcast
0: um yeah this may
1: be a simulation
0: yeah uh and then finally before sunset as well came in which is um quite nice actually i'm surprised to see that it's had a bit of a before sunset's one that i'm surprised dropped out because it came in obviously around about 2004 when it was released it dropped out and it's sort of it's bounced back in and back out over the past couple of years which is good to see to be honest yeah um and I mean, same thing. So,
1: that was that was not our our last uh, Valentine's Day special. Well, because
0: it wasn't actually in the in the two fifty yeah. time of Valentine's Day, I believe. Um, so instead, we watched um, Ingmar Bergman's Wild Strawberries. Yeah, in which a professor contemplates the emptiness of his own existence.
1: Yeah, the important thing for the two of us was that we spent Valentine's Day together,
0: watching <laughs> depressive Swedish doing movie. a live podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're there in spirit. So I feel like the only thing left to do then before we finish up is to pick the movie that we are going to cover uh, next week. My 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 feelings agree with yours, Darren. You concur? I do. Fantastic. Well, with that in mind, then Andrew, will you fire up the random number generator? <laughs> we're
1: we're we're st- oh we're we're just doing the 250 as well. Because didn't we didn't we recently um, do a bottom 100? Yeah, we it's did. Probably probably we no, did Crimea. We did, we did. We which are... was actually
0: probably <laughs> like um, <laughs> the best of the bottom 100 movies that we've seen.
1: Yeah, I, I, but, but like in sometimes doing a bottom 100 can be can be a little bit boring. Yeah, which is um, much
0: more interesting than most. Yeah. We okay, learned a
1: lot about data mining and cryptocurrencies. <laughs> um, it was surprising for a for a movie Russian about movie. the uh, yeah. the
0: liberation of Crimea yeah, by Russia. Our
1: democracy is being subverted, people. Um,
0: by crypto, read about it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, pointed political reference. Fire up the number generator.
1: Random number generator. Twist, twist, twist. Show us a movie on this list.
0: We've landed on number one hundred and twelve, which is
1: ah, it's a uh, Yojimbo. This it... this this is probably um one of one of my favorite um, Akira Kurosawa movies. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this. I think I uh, liked it more than kind of uh, Rashomon. Rashomon a Seven Samurai? Yeah, possibly. Wow. I'd be interested to see it now and see if it's still. Started, because I think maybe it might have been a thing that it was one. That it, it, It's possible it was my first Kira Kurosawa
0: movie. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like just the thrill of discovering yeah, the, it. Yeah,
1: the, the, the kind of primacy bias, I suppose. All right um, then. But it would be interesting to see if it also benefits from recency bias if I've just seen it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo from Toho Picture Company. Wanna hire me? Toshira Mufune as Sanjuro. I'll be your bodyguard. I'll show you what I'm worth. Tatsuya Nakadai as Onosuke. I-
0: Want to see something interesting?
1: Starring together for the first
0: time. Uno, you don't know him, do you? This guy's tough as hell.
1: Two of them met at the gates of hell.
0: What a mess. Didn't I tell you? Six men weren't enough.
1: By the way, those six were sliced up real good. You're the only one around here that's skilled with a sword. So it occurred to me that maybe you killed them sword or pistol Fateful Showdown between Toshiro Mufune
0: Don't come any closer.
1: A juggernaut of a film directed by Akira Kurosawa. Yojimbo! Opens next week.
0: Okay, so that was an interesting trailer. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's... I feel like it really sells the gun versus sword aspect of the film.
1: Yeah, and the continuity as well of like six wasn't enough.
0: I like that. It's it's what happened to the other seven samurai. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, Tashira Mufumbe decided basically I can do better on my own this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, the the ending that it was. You've seen this the, before, obviously. Yeah. You really, really yeah. liked it. you before.
1: Um, I I really do like for 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 people who haven't seen it, you have seen it. Possibly oh, because you've seen it through a fistful of dollars. <laughs> exactly. Or last Man Standing. Yeah. Or countless. It's others. better than the Last Man, <laughs> Last Man
0: Standing. <laughs> Christopher Walken and Bruce Willis.
1: Oh in a goodness! Era was
0: was Christopher Walken? He in was then? one of the gang leaders. Yeah. Oh
1: wow! I'm yeah. surprised I didn't like that movie more. I think <laughs> it was because Bruce Willis was terrible.
0: Yeah, it was primarily because Bruce Willis was playing a man manipulating two sides against each other, which is not really Bruce Willis's strong suit. No, um, Bruce Willis is more charging through two gangs of people as opposed to manipulating them. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, we'll be talking about that next week. But in the meantime, Andrew, where can we find you online?
1: This podcast, mostly. Like, if, listen to listen to the older episodes. That's but I I know I know is is like plug your Twitter. But it it's it's like like, like I I I have I have a, a plugs. Section where I get to plug what I want I'd, 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 I'd like to Plug this podcast L- oh, yeah. list, <laughs> the, list, the one that you are listening list, to list list right now. The, uh, not, uh, not specifically This one, you can listen to, to Some of the older ones, some of the ones I wish you don't Wouldn't listen to because they're not very good <laughs> But um, every now and then You'll get one that's good and you'll, you'll, be, you'll be Happy that you slog through They, they can't they, all be hits Exactly, they? <laughs> they can't all be hits There's The solid goal hits and the solid goal um uh not it don't uh, worry
0: Andrew. in 20 years time nobody will remember will remember grand torino no um
1: the the um yes uh, one of the ones that i'm talking about but uh, um i guess something else i'd plug is the andy daly podcast pilot project is back um af, 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 after a number of years i'm looking forward to listening to it unfortunately it's behind the bloody paywall <laughs> um <laughs> And there go no Andrew's plans. Are you yeah, plans I had a sub- I panel? had a subscription to to Stitcher Premium for a while, and I um, you this, I felt you? like I had exhausted a lot of the things that I wanted to listen on it, and my my expiry kind of uh, well, my my yeah. subscription expired. I should say my my expiry subscripted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, that um, that's something I'll be checking out. I was uh, listening to the. Um, dalton wilcox and um joe bongo episodes already they were very funny so if you like comedy um why are you listening to this and um <laughs> <laughs> listen to that instead
0: cool um you, know, you can find me online at darren underscore mooney um i write in the movie vlog i occasionally co-host the scan podcast as well um i have a book out opening the X Files. i recommend that you check that out i don't recommend it but i would really appreciate it if you would i'd check recommend it, out. it oh thank you andrew uh, but anyway, you can find us online at the 250 on Twitter. It's using real letters. Uh, we're available online. At
1: T-W-I-T-T-E-R.
0: Yeah, completely random letters. They were the best ones that were available to us at the budget that we had. Yeah. Uh, but you can also find us online at Stitcher, iTunes, wherever good podcasts are not sold. We're available on SoundCloud, uh, as we have been for a while. So it's a good way to access us there. We're still
1: on iTunes, right? <laughs> we are still on iTunes. Oh, good,
0: good. And Stitcher. And, um, okay. Oh, Several For some well. reason,
1: if you if you uh, let us know if you have podcast addict, uh, whether 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 you're getting all of the episodes, because I've noticed that so many episodes don't come up. Oh, interesting. But um, uh, yeah, we'll 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 we'll, look we'll investigate into that in our end as well. Yeah. Um,
0: all okay. right. Until then, take it easy, guys, and we'll see you next week where we'll be talking about Yojimbo. Bye. Bye.